Hey, it's Chris Edgerly, a.k.a. The Edge Voice, and you're about to listen to an audio version of an interview I've done on my streamcast on Twitch. Now, if you'd like to see the video along with it, you can find it in the links below, or you can just go to my YouTube channel, Chris Edgerly, a.k.a. The Edge Voice. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to The Edge Voice Streamcast. It's your host, The Edge Voice, a.k.a. Chris Edgerly, a.k.a. The Voice of Pathfinder and Apex Legend. Um, may he rest in peace. He has been nerfed into oblivion yeah. and, um, I, I may as well be a beacon for all, uh, my offensive effectiveness now, but you know, guten tag, Megabach. Guten tag. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to keep on keeping on because I love Pathfinder. I love Apex anyway. I think the devs have done a splendid job with the game. So we're going to keep doing it. Besides, I don't just play Apex. I have Things I do on Tuesday usually, I try out other games and so, and so on and so forth. But we'll get into all that. You guys may notice it's Wednesday. Wednesday is when I like to bring on lovely and amazing people onto the stream Aww. to talk to. And um, today we have Captain Typho. Welcome. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm so happy to be invited. It feels great. Uh, yes, you, we, we have this lovely caricature of you. And uh, as we know, you do not stream uh, on video, you know, like you do not appear on your stream. And uh, first of all, why is that? What led you to make that choice? Um, it just wasn't where I wanted to go with my content. I'm not saying that it'll never happen, but gotcha. I really wanted my content to be something that was just based on my personality and my humor alone. Right. Not my appearance in any shape or form. Gotcha. And you're not the only streamer to do that. There are plenty of streamers that don't stream and, and appear on video. And then there are the attention whores like myself who <laughs> can't wait to shove their uh, face in front of a, a camera. So, um, yes. And that's totally understandable. Your content is what you want to be judged by. And um, it's not like it's impossible to see what you look like. Like you say, you have an Instagram. Yeah, I have an Instagram. It's it, like everybody's just like, come on, Typo, do a face reveal. Do a face reveal at 100K. Do a face reveal. And I'm just like, you, I have my Instagram in every single, you know, description of every video that I do. I have it in uh, a command on my chat or like down in my panels below. You can find my face wherever. Yeah. <laughs> People don't like to scroll down, I've noticed. They yeah. just, they, they want whatever's on the screen to answer every question about everything in the universe and if you tell them to swipe down slightly, they become enraged. It's effort. <laughs> yeah. It's today's great effort. Yeah. Can you give me 5% effort, people? That's all we're talking about. <laughs> Folks, all Captain Typho is asking for is about 5% effort, and you can see what she looks like, and then mystery solved. Uh, you've been drinking Worder, Chris. Uh, Maya Bun Bun, you really should spell check more before you type. I can't even decipher that sentence. But I'm thinking <laughs> you're saying, have I been drinking water? Yes, I've got my Apex water right here. Hydrate or dihydrate, friends. Apex, it's awesome to hear Pathfinder swear. No, you're hearing Chris Edgerly swear. Pathfinder does not swear. Just so you know. He's a sweetie who has been nerfed. and Into the ground. I feel so bad for Pathfinder. I literally tweeted out, like, I'm so sorry, Pathfinder mains. I feel you. Yeah, I actually... um. I, I put a video up yesterday because now on, on Tuesdays, I, I put up uh, weekly highlights of the of the previous week. And almost mm -hmm. all of the early con comments are rip. <laughs> rip, Pathfinder. Sorry about your boy. Sorry. It's like, 
look, nobody died, you know. But I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> sorry for your loss. Hey, thoughts and prayers, Edge Voice. Thoughts and prayers. So yeah. Now, um, of course, Typho, let's let's get into your Apex experience, and then we'll get into your stream and all that. First of all, what are your thoughts on season five? I love it. I think they put so much effort into it, and like. Even even with the quarantine, like they still managed to get so much out. The in-game interactions are awesome. Um, everything feels really smooth. There was some issues with the servers at first, but like they cleared that up really really quick. Uh, it, it was it was a really solid start to a really I think it's going to be an awesome season. Yeah, I gotta agree. Um, I got to interview Moy Para here. I believe it was last week, and um, oh yeah, he's got. He's just got a really fun. Uh, no, it's Pigeon Man last week. Moy, Moy was two weeks ago. Uh, Pigeon Man's a mixer streamer, by the way. You should check him out. He is absolutely hysterical, and he plays Apex, and uh, he's he's fantastic. But but yeah, Moy said that they're all working from home. I mean, they're used to going into you know the respawn offices, and right now there's probably just some just some administrative stuff happening there but for the most part everybody's working remotely i did a recording session yesterday for apex and it was from my home booth we did a zoom link and i could see you know the writers lined up and everybody had their own screen and everybody was yeah. basically working they were all working from their places and um the fact that they could do everything they did all without getting to set foot in an office to me is amazing it's amazing yeah, I, I really, I really want to give them props because they did an amazing job for having to be at home and not getting to like, you know, really come together other than like over online, you know? Right, right. And um, in your case, has well, like first of all, um, how has the pandemic affected you? Have you? Well, first of all, do you know anybody that has had to uh, go through? having covid or have you been basically just just keeping yourself in and haven't really been in touch with a lot of people uh okay so for me personally my mother and father own a healthcare company okay so i've been helping them with that but we also work with at-risk patients so it's been really rough because my father has to work mm -hmm. and we're having to kind of stay away from him he has this whole like routine that he has to go through before he comes in the house like he strips down and he like rushes into his room to like get to the shower and does all that and right my mom's really doing her best because some some people that uh, are either nurses or caretakers they kind of have to quarantine because their families are also going out and doing what they need to do right so we don't let them work for two weeks me and my mom take over my mom is like my mom and my aunt are like really big on like doing they're picking up the slack for the business, basically. I really respect my mom because she's really out there taking care of everything. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, we even we even had to take care of a patient's dog for a little bit because she was in the hospital because she fell again. We wow. had a Chihuahua in our house for like a couple weeks. Oh man, interesting. <laughs> yeah, Chihuahuas sort of bark at everything, don't they? They're a little nervous. He was, he was so yappy, but he was the perfect lap dog. It was really nice. Oh, that's good. It was energy in the house, you know, because. With, with everything going on, we don't really get to go out. We don't want to have any contact with anyone. Yeah. Know, just in case. Right. Right. Yeah. We, um, here, we, uh, 
we get out when we need to. Obviously, you have to run errands. You have to go and you have to go and get stuff. You have to get food. You have to. I mean, we can. Perishable goods. We have to yeah. Right. Like you can order only so many things before they start saying, yeah, we replaced this item with this item. And before you know it, you're just not getting much of what you need. So, but I've been keeping up as best I can with the science. And if you wear a mask, even if it's not an H95 mask, but if you wear a mask and you wash your hands and you don't stop and have an intimate chat with somebody, you should be okay. You know, you get back in, you wash your hands you, I mean, if we're out long enough, when we get home, it's uh, you just take whatever clothes you're wearing and just throw them in the washing machine. Yep, exactly. That's exactly how you do it. Yeah. You just strip everything off. Just go shower. Right. It, exactly. It's, it's all precaution. You know, it's it's totally avoidable. It is. It's. I mean, it's a very communicable uh, virus. However, if you're wearing the mask and uh, gloves, you can wear, but they're really just like an extra line of defense. But if, if you wash up when you come home, you really shouldn't have a problem. So, you know, just being smart. But, um, like, I go out for a run two or three days a week, and I just stay away from everybody, and I wear the mask, and then I know, okay, I'm not spreading it. I'm keeping out of people's way. And mm -hmm. I still see some people that don't wear masks and think they're special. Uh it, it, they're going to think that until it happens to them. That's all I can say. Yeah, yeah. If you're untouchable, that's that's the way of the world. The way of the world right now is just, it won't happen to me, but it will. And, yeah. You know, I work with at-risk patients. Um, my mom does. We are, we can all infect each other so easily, and it it won't, it could kill someone, you know? Like, it's very, very, very serious that we take it seriously. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, on top of that, uh, yeah, somebody was saying, should you get rid of used masks? Now, this is what I have read. And my wife has a friend who has worked in security for years, and he knows a lot about masks, protective masks. And he says that if you put your mask in the sun, um, it will, the UV rays will disinfect it and you can reuse it. If you want to be safe, yeah, you, if it's a cloth mask, just wash it. But you can put it in the, in the, in the midday sun and it should get disinfected that way. Now, of course, our, our uh, president thought that meant that you could just bombard someone's insides with UV rays. And it's like, <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. You cannot stick your whole body in the sun and be fine. But the mask, the, uh, the virus will not live if it's bombarded with UV rays. And so that is, a, uh, that is an option. But um, yeah, now, again, you guys go to the internets, go to Google and verify that. I'm not giving professional advice, but my own practice has been to put a mask in the sun and then reuse it that way. And if it's cloth mask, we rewash it. But um, I have so far gotten by just fine. So it's been, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, the other thing is people should go out to get a little bit of sun. Just be smart about it. You know, get your vitamin D, get outside because it's good for your mental health, but you've got to be smart about it. And so- You've got to make sure that you're not going out in a high traffic area. You, if you can go out at, at times of the day when there aren't other people, great. Stay six, 12 feet away from people and, you know, it should be okay. Think but about the other people you're affecting, not just yourself. Yeah. You're not special. No. None of us are special. Now, I will say that the, the people that are least affected by this are streamers. So. Oh yeah, the streamers and content creators are thriving because you know they they just get to do what they've always done, which is stay inside, entertain, 
make make their content. Although a lot of a lot of streamers I've seen are like putting out their workout routines. Yeah. Do at home. Yeah, I've I've actually started considering telling people what my workout is because I've always uh, well not always but for the last uh, almost fifteen years I haven't used weights. I just do push ups, chin ups, lunges, things like that, and it's a good workout. And I've considered just saying, hey, here's what I do. And if you guys are stuck at home, there's no excuse to not stay fit. Yeah, there's no, there's no need for a gym when you can just do what you need to do at your house. Right, right, absolutely. Hey, uh, Razor Hale is here on the chat. Yeah, Razor Hale, hey. looks like your boy Mirage is going to be the new main for everybody. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Razor is one of my good friends. I love him to bits. Yeah. Uh, Razor, we're looking for more content from you on YouTube. I know you stepped away for a bit, so hopefully you'll uh, hopefully you'll you'll get back into the game here. Um, and uh, Razor Hale and I have talked about this behind the scenes before, and I've because he's because uh, he's got his um, yeah, don't worry about it, brother. He's got his uh, his range, you know, with his voices. And I said, you know what you're gonna do is everyone's gonna know you at first because you sound like Mirage, just like people know me because I'm Pathfinder. But they're going to look beyond that eventually and see that there's this whole other body of work. And it'll be the same for Razor. He's going to, you know, you can do Mirage stuff, obviously, you know. But yeah. there's other stuff that I know Razor can do and that he has done. And I think people will slowly catch on. So oh, yeah. that's... Razor's going to be huge. I tell him all the time that he's so talented. Yeah, Razor, just remember me when you're famous for, for non-Mirage stuff. <laughs> Could you remember do that? Too, please. <laughs> yeah, remember all of us, please, Razor. When you when you transcend this apex uh, orbit, because apex is great. Apex is going to be around for years, but we all do we all do other things, and so you know, yeah. Well, Razor Hill, I'm also like 25 years older than you, so that's one reason why I'm I have I have a resume, you know, and and. Uh, you know, if anyone clicks on the old IMDb, they get to see, oh, okay, yeah, he doesn't doesn't just do this. Um, but that's the that's the other thing. Like Typho, you're you're young. Razor Hill, you guys are young. Do you guys this is an interesting question I like to ask. Do you guys look at other streamers, at other content creators and feel like mm -hmm. this pressure? Oh, they've got this many followers, they've got this many subs. I better step up my game because I have to make this much of an impact by this age or you know i feel like i've not mm -hmm. met my potential i i feel like for everyone there is a you know a a bar that you set yourself to especially when you like it's so easy to compare yourself to other people and their success but you have to realize that it really is based on your own work how successful you are if you put in the work if you put in the dedication if you really you know your heart out and you're yourself then wherever you get is where you got you know right even even though it is it can be really discouraging seeing like other people like you know shoot up but it's all it's all your own work at the end of the day yeah i went through this and this is in every business this is not just in content creation if it's mm -hmm. if it's uh if you're in sales if you're in accounting if you're wherever you find yourself operating you're going to feel this temptation to compare yourself to your coworkers, to your peers. When I started out in stand-up, as I've said this before, uh, I was just starting to headline local clubs. I was in Orlando at the time, and I was starting to make a little bit of a name around town. 
So I was one of the big fish in that small pond and this open micer was just starting out. And I, I, within five years, he had just burned past all of us and he was nationally known. And even now today, he's, he just, uh, he's huge. And we all kind of, after a, after a year or so, we just knew it's like, we're never going to keep up with that guy. Shouldn't even try, you know, just, you know, that it would have saved me some misery in my stand-up days if I had not compared myself to other comics so often, but you just can't help but do it. It's really competitive. And it would have made things easier on me to just say, "Ah, I'll get to where I get in my own time. So I've just applied that lesson here. It's easy to see somebody's content just explode for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I found the best attitude to take is, you know, good for them. And I'll... My audience will find me eventually. So having said that, what kind of, um, like, how would you describe your stream to somebody if they said, look, I'm looking for, I'm looking for something just to, to have on when I game and maybe to have on when I'm doing some of my work and, and sometimes I'll watch it. Sometimes I'll just keep it in the background. Like, how would you describe your stream to them if they were considering, hey, do I want Typho in my life? I would ask if they want a chill and inclusive stream because mm-hmm. my stream is very open to anyone, anyone at all who wants to just chill and have a good time. Right. Um, and it's, it honestly like lifts up my mood whenever I stream because I have like a community that's just based on positivity. Mm-hmm. Everybody's so sweet to me all the time. And like, even, even if I'm having a hard day and I'm not sure if I want to go live, cause like there are days when I'm just like, you know, is anyone going to care if I go live? Is anyone, you know, really going to be waiting for me? And then all of a sudden my, my chat's just like, ba, 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 typo, typo, good morning. Hello. How are you doing? Uh-huh. Up? And I'm just like, I love you. <laughs> like every single one of you, you're so sweet. Nice. It's, it's, it's pure, you know, mm-hmm. I love, I love my community so much. Oh, them the world. June McGee, one of my mods here, said, speaking of inclusivity, Tommy on Twitter confirmed that Loba is bisexual and my own bisexual heart went doki doki. So uh, who is Tommy on Twitter? I don't know who Tommy on Twitter is. Or is it Tom Cassiello, one of the writers? Is that who you mean by Tommy on Twitter? Oh, I hope it was Tom. It might, okay, Siv headed when my other mod said Tom Cassiello. Well, hey, that's good. Queen. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, that's fine. It, to me, it doesn't make any difference in how I see the character. I mean, obviously, look, I'm a guy and, and men are, we're pigs. So uh, if you tell me a hot looking woman is also bisexual, I go, oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to bank. I'm going to bank that. Yeah. Because um, like I said, I'm a pig. But, um, uh, but this is something that we can follow up on because... Um, Next week, yeah, I say I don't, I, I say I do other stuff than Apex, but like for the next four weeks, I've got almost entirely Apex people coming on my stream. Um, but yeah, next week I've got Darren DePaul coming on and um, yeah, so he's, uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's revving it. And then Tom Cassiello, the writer, will be on here in two weeks. So oh, I can't wait to watch that one. Okay. Uh, Sour Silhouette is asking, does this mean Chris is going to put in a good word for Typho to voice? D-O-C, Doc. Who is D-O-C? <laughs> who Let is... me voice Doc. Yeah, who's... <laughs> Lifeline's little drone. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, that's yeah, funny. There was, like this, there was like this whole meme in my chat. It's just like, let Typho voice Doc. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
That's funny. See, see, this is the thing. I am so outside of the loop with a lot of this stuff. They'll tell me, oh, she could voice Doc. And I'll say, yeah, great idea. I don't know who Doc is. It's like, <laughs> Doc is a character in the game that you're a character in. Wouldn't you know that? No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, my mods already know this. I, I'm I, lucky I can even get a stream to operate successfully. I don't... Uh, I don't know anything. Now, I will say that, yes, I know stuff that's coming that you guys don't know because I get to record mm -hmm. and they tell me things, but I just can never share any of it because I've yeah, signed an NDA. Yeah. Now, um, as far as your stream goes, how many days a week do you stream? Um, it's really depending on when I'm working right now uh, because, you know, with the quarantine, if they need me at my or if my mom needs me or if anything needs to get done, uh, I usually just try and record a video, get it out, and then just stream whenever I can. Gotcha. Right now, anyway. So it's just a weird time. Uh, yes, absolutely. You yeah. said that. Um, now, when you say record a video, you mean record some gameplay with maybe some commentary, your take on things, and that's part of your content? Um, usually I'll just play with some friends. Uh, a lot okay. of my content is mostly just like funny moments. Like there was this one video I did where I, I really wasn't expecting it, but like this, this enemy team kind of adopted me and oh. I followed them around the entire game. <laughs> I was just kind of like standing next to them, watching them do, do their, all their stuff. And then they, they ran to the lava and let me win the game. Really? <laughs> me, yeah. It was just me, a solo race. And they were just so sweet. I, I run into the weirdest people. The weirdest stuff happens to me in Apex Legends. That's funny. I, I get a little bit of that too. I guess you must get this a lot on your stream. Do people ask for your server? Yep. <laughs> and yeah, yeah I it... wasn't streaming at the time. That was the case. okay. I was in Singapore servers. It was complete. It was a completely random team. Okay. What made you choose Singapore servers? Um. Well, you already know that I play with Zilbrad and like all of his group of friends. Oh, that's true. Okay. Like so, so yeah. So they've got to use Singapore. The, yeah. Sometimes the best servers are just not, uh, you know, either of our servers. They never come to America for me. <laughs> so a lot of times I look really bad in the videos. Oh, but, gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I, I manage on uh, Australia, Sydney servers, stuff like that. And then occasionally we'll go to Singapore, which is like a kind of happy medium, depending on how the server's doing that day. I gotcha. Yeah, I found that when people are asking for the servers, some of them want to stream snipe. Like some of them just want to take me out because, first of all, they know I'm a potato, so it's not going to be hard. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the old interwebs. Um, but some of them want to help. Like I've had that happen on the stream. Somebody wants to get in and they do the happy dance and let you know, no, I'm here to help. And I always say, you there, yeah, it's like, hey, that's very nice of you, but I'm trying to adhere to the terms of service. And uh, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about your, your squad mates who right now are thinking, why isn't he shooting that Pathfinder? Yeah, you, you know? don't want to ruin the experience for everyone else. Yeah, right, right. That's the way I see it, too. Yeah. Now, how long have you been streaming? How'd you come by uh, Twitch? Did you have any experience with other platforms first? Um, to be honest, I got into Twitch because I was friends with a lot of other streamers, mm -hmm. and I didn't. I never expected it to take off. I really was just doing it for fun. I remember, like the first game that I ever streamed was One Shot. Oh my God, it was a terrible stream. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, we all we all learn at our own pace. It was it was a blast. Um, mm -hmm. And you know we're. I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to be a decent streamer. I would. I would say that I'm a very average streamer at best. 
Well, I guess it depends on how you define a successful stream. Like if you, if you lay out your criteria for what you want to achieve each stream, what, what would you say that is? I mean, you described it as being very positive, very inclusive. Mm -hmm. So is, do you think of your stream not just in terms of how you would define it, but what do you want to achieve each time you, you start streaming and then when you shut it down? Did I have fun? You know, okay. did I did I have a positive streaming experience? Did I, you know, make people laugh? Did I give them something to watch right now? You know, when everything's so weird. Right. Um, you know, did I did I really deep down feel satisfied with how positive it made me feel? You know, did mm -hmm. I feel like I was just kind of like tired that day and sluggish and I didn't really, you know, have a good time. Then I, I would consider that an unsuccessful stream because I didn't. I didn't feel fulfilled mm -hmm. as long as, you know, other people felt fulfilled, then I guess, I guess it's like a happy medium. Right. Well, and especially since your situation is kind of challenging, you know that you're not always able to be at your best because you're helping out oh, yeah. with the family business. You're helping under really stressful circumstances. I mean, you've got, you've got your dad coming in, having to basically um, strip down and de-louse every time yeah. he... <laughs> comes in the house and meanwhile you know that you've got this audience of people that can't wait for your next bit of content it's mm -hmm. it's like I've married with two kids and right now they're playing outside of my studio here because mama had to go to a doctor's appointment and so I'm in charge of their education at the moment and I'm well they, they're not getting edu they're not getting educated right yeah then well, actually, this is their break. Between noon and two, they get a break. And um, actually, at, uh, in about 45 minutes, I'm going to take a 30-second break from our interview so I can um, okay. set my daughter's... Yeah, well, I've got to set up my daughter's iPad so she can do dance class because oh. she has... Uh, you know, you do a Zoom class, and she's got to put on her little ballet shoes and, and do her... Uh... Yeah, I think she does... There are two dance classes. One of them is tap. And uh, we had this nice hardwood floor. And um, I can hear them just sort of clickety-clacking outside the studio sometimes when it's their dance class. And then I think for her, she's got sort of like this modern jazz. Maybe there's some ballet in there somewhere. I'm not sure. And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My son had a karate class yesterday. The, the, his sensei just sets up the Zoom and... Yeah, his sensei talks to him through the Zoom and says, all right. And he puts his gi on, he puts his belt on, he does the moves, and, you know, he, he has a class. So, yeah, I guess in a roundabout way, I'm saying everyone's life sort of intrudes on their stream. That's just life. And you bring some of that into your stream, which is what people want anyway. They want, you know, they, they want to get an authentic experience of hanging out with you. And, yes, you're going to dress up some of it. I dress up some of mine. But... Mm -hmm. Your life being as challenging as it is right now, I would hope that you're grading yourself on a curve when you decide whether or not you, you liked your stream that day. Just I'm being fair. I'm my, I'm my own biggest critic. And mm -hmm. I, I feel like, uh, you know, when it comes to my content, I'm very specific about what I want. And yeah. something that I wouldn't be particularly like 100% fulfilled with might make somebody else's day. Mm -hmm. So. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm more uh, accepting 
of when I don't feel 100% about something now because I know that for somebody else it might be like 110, 120%. Yeah. Satisfaction just makes them happy. Yeah. I have found, and it takes forever to learn this, it's easier if you learn it young. And uh, so I say this to let you know that you're already way ahead of the curve. You're way ahead of where I was because I'm imagining you're, you're um, maybe early 20s. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So 22. Yeah. Uh, at, at 22. And I say this a lot, but I couldn't hit my ass with both hands. So I had all kinds of mistakes in the cards for me, things that I was going to be doing wrong and learning the lesson of um, enjoying the process and not getting attached to the result will free you from so many insecurities and, and neuroses and worries. And it's a hard thing to do. So if you can do it, I have a wise friend who told me, if you can do it 75% of the time, if you can remember to just stick to what's in your control, you're going to have a great life. So just remember, if you have a, if you think you've had a bad stream, that's probably just that 25% of the time you're thinking, yeah. I'm, I'm getting a little too attached mm -hmm. to the result. Yeah. Now, Mike, uh, let's see. I, did you tell me how long you've been streaming or did you just say sort of how you got into it? Doesn't sound like, like you. Okay, yeah, I don't. You haven't been in in it for too long, have you? No, I I would say I've started like probably two years ago, two and a half okay. years ago. Okay. Yeah, still fairly new. I never expected to get partner as fast as I did. I expected to be like on the platform for like four or five years. There's some people that wait even longer. Yeah, it's funny because um I found out like average wise. I, I am, a, I'm unofficially, I have enough viewers to be a partner and they even extended the invitation and then they reviewed me and they said, nah, nah, we don't want you to be a partner right now. And it's, <laughs> it's because I have these spikes in viewership and they're right about it. Like I'll have, like when you can bring Roger Craig Smith on your stream and play, you know, Apex and I'm Pathfinder and he's Mirage, you're going to get a metric ton of people to show up. And then the next day when you go back to doing your own little stuff, it's going to plummet. And they're looking at these huge swings and they're thinking, this guy is all over the place. It's... They want consistency is what they want. Yeah. Yeah. It took, it took me three, it took me three uh, applications to finally get partner. Yeah. I think it was the same for Candy. I, I think a lot of people that I know actually took, it took three, three tries. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those things where I totally understand it. And um, I'm not even sure of uh, like all the advantages of being a partner. I'm sure there are some nice ones. So oh, yeah, you, you get more emotes, you get to have your uh, dream run at a better quality you oh, get server wow. priority. You get you get extra help whenever you want to do uh, like I got my uh, my prefix change, which is like the little thing before the uh, before the emotes with like, oh, like originally you might have like, oh, my I think my original like prefix was like Captain 441 and now it's just typo love typo heart like you know stuff like that right partners get stuff like that like just just priority you know gotcha they have more they have more viewers so they need uh they need a bit uh heftier server space that's something i would definitely need because i'm always grappling with uh you know how the whether or not there's a lag and things like that just uh mm -hmm. you know that would be nice but eh, i get there when i get there the, the yeah, fact that exactly. One thing I do like about Twitch, because I started on Mixer, is that Mixer, 
you have to, I don't know if they've changed their terms, but on Mixer, you needed 2,000 followers before they would let you monetize. And I thought, really? yeah, that's kind of severe. Um, and uh, I came over here and I, I just, as soon as I did the minimum number of streams, I had it. But that's because I'd built up a few hundred followers on Mixer. But I thought, nah, I, yeah, I know it's a bigger pond, but I'd rather come over here because there's a bigger upside. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Which is rewarding. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you it, it's a challenge because there are a lot more people streaming. I think there are over a million people that stream on Twitch. Yeah. So, and here you are picking out your niche. <laughs> now, uh, how often do you play Apex as opposed to maybe throwing another game uh, into the mix? Oh, I play Apex so much. I Probably like 98% of the time I play Apex, I've I think I've played Minecraft a couple times because I took part in like different events for creators and stuff. But I'm I'm mostly an Apex creator right now. Gotcha. I want to I want to do more stuff for my channel, but like I think I'll always play Apex. It, it was such like a big game for me. It's still a big game for me because it's just mm -hmm. it's connecting me with so many people. Um, it's given me the ability to like meet so many of my community peeps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now. I have found when I ask either other streamers or other gamers that there tend to be like three things that they say that Apex offers that really kind of hooks them. Some of it is gameplay. It's got some, mm -hmm. some pretty smooth gameplay. So um, yes. Uh, a lot of it has to do with the characters themselves, the fact that there's lore, there's backstory. The world is based on Titanfall, which a lot of people already knew. And... Uh, the third thing is what you talked about, the community, the people that you get in touch with. Um, did you notice right away that there was this strong community or is it something you just sort of slowly sort of uh, became aware of? Um, it was it was slow at first because I think I think, you know, that I'm friends with Candy. Mm -hmm. I think he's one of the first people that I really met in the community because uh, I went to his stream. And I was just like, hey, and people knew me from Brad's videos, uh, primarily, because at mm -hmm. the time I think I was still fairly small. Um, I, I'm, I'm still growing my channel. My, my channel's so young. Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's less than a year old, and I'm already pretty... I'm much farther than I ever thought I would get, right. I would say. But, um, yeah, I went in there, and he was just like, oh, Typho, I recognize you. We should play sometime. So sweet. I don't know what I would do without having met Candy. Mm -hmm. He's an absolute gem. Him and his friend group are absolute gems. Mm -hmm. um, but then I was just like, I want to go to other streams. I want to. I want to see what everybody else is up to. Right. Every everybody, they just they all kind of knew each other, and we all just kind of ended up meeting, playing together. I met Staycation. Um, I met Iloot. I mean, I still need to play with Iloot. There's there's a bunch of people that I need to play with still, but mm -hmm. there's just so many amazing creators who are just so sweet and willing to play with whoever just comes along you know yeah yeah wholesome community in general. and some of these guys have been able to interview and yeah it if you sit down long enough with somebody pretty much their personality will come through even if they're putting up a front you hang with them long enough you're going to get a real glimpse into who they are and these guys are just consistently just pretty so sweet. positive yeah nice yeah. guys they're and they're ambitious because it isn't just that they want to make this content they really do want it to grow they really do want to have an impact and yeah. 
they they approach it in this sort of with this chill attitude but um i mean i talked to staycation i talked to candy root these guys are all about those analytics they understand them and yeah they they apply this this discipline to it that's very impressive and, and i think it's also the fact that like we all genuinely love apex mm-hmm. if, we, if we didn't genuinely love it i don't know if we would look at it the same way as we do now mm-hmm. you know every every single update uh, we we just get so excited because we genuinely love the game. It feels good to play. Um, the community, well, obviously, like the the player community, it's an online game. So there's there's some special peeps out there. They're gonna be kind of toxic, you know. It comes with the territory. But yeah, the creators that you get to watch play the game, uh, how they interact, the fact that some of them sometimes play together, it's exciting, you know. It's, it's an amalgamation of all the love that we have for the game. Oh yeah, now. As far as the toxicity goes, I am still kind of new. I mean, I've been in the video game world since, I mean, geez, as far as being a part of games that are being made since 02, 03, I've been doing voices for games. Um, but I would only play a game after it came out and usually if they sent me a copy of it because this was back in the days where everybody would get a disc and you'd put it in your platform and you'd play it that way, your console. And I would play it long enough to hear my character and just make sure I liked what I did. And if I really enjoyed the game, I'd play it through. But there was no online community for that. And then Doom came along and Halo came along and you started to hear about these LAN parties. And then it just grew. And, and um, so then, of course, you encounter the, the concept of the toxic gamer, somebody who yeah. you know spreads <laughs> their poison. Is there like there's a ratio that we all expect. There are just some people that don't know how to behave and some people are just angry and they're, they're taking it out on you. But um, is there a certain amount that you'll accept and then there's a certain amount you say, all right, that's enough. I'm, I'm, I'm doing something about this. Um, I, think, I think considering the fact that I am a girl, you know, I've experienced mm-hmm. a lot of toxicity in different communities. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's, it is really hard to deal with. But, you know, I think it's best to just like it at the root you know like read it out root and stem make sure that you report anybody who gives you trouble because you don't want it for the next person right you know you want you want to have a good experience especially if it's a game that you love mm-hmm. and, you know i've had i've had a couple people that i've had to report in apex um whether it's like a hacker which is its own kind of toxicity yeah or just somebody who spews vile stuff over the text or you know uh, mm-hmm. text, um, voice chat how much do your mods uh, jump on that? How much leeway do you give them? Um. Oh, when it comes to my my actual like stream chat, I just yeah I get rid of it right away. Okay. Like, you know it. I, I always want my stream to be a good place. I don't I don't care if they're a viewer. I don't care, you know, if they've donated to me or you know gifted me subs. Like if you're toxic and you're making it not fun for everyone else, then you're gone. Like you know, like it's just it's how it, it's how it has to be. If you can't behave, if you're acting like you're twelve, you know, around in a in a room full of two hundred people who are trying to have a good time, yeah, you know, it's you're you're gone. I've said that before. I've only had to say it once. I I have very little of that activity, and my mods are pretty good at jumping right on it. Mainly, what I get is do Pathfinder, do Pathfinder's voice. <laughs> Could you do Pathfinder's voice? Could you say hey to my boy? And I always say, okay, well, there's a little 
cheer button. If you click that and you cheer a certain number of bits, I do the Pathfinder voice. So that's mm -hmm. that's my biggest thing I deal with. But I've only had to say it once, but I've said, I don't care if you've donated, if you're a sub, keep your money and take it somewhere else. Um, I don't need it. <laughs> you know, I'd, I would much rather have what I'm busy trying to build. But I do, yeah, I also recognize that it's, when you see somebody on their stream, you actually get a, um, you get an impression of them and it affects how you type on their chat. And yeah. so in my case, I'm like everybody's dad. I have a feeling sometimes some people are like, I, I think he's going to ground me if I type this. Um, <laughs> but of course, some of that works the other way. Some of them think this is an old man has no idea what's going on. I can get away with murder. Yeah. Um, you know, at least they'll try. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but in your case, this is still a thing in the video game world. The fact that mm -hmm. it's a male-dominated world, there are more women getting in. Yeah. And and I guess yeah, I may as well recognize that, too. There are just more non-binary people that are getting in. So I, I am for anything that dilutes the uh, machismo that you see on here. And I am, you know, do not think of myself as a bro, but, um, and, and I certainly don't think of myself as somebody who is really passive either. I just, I try to hit this balance and I know that a lot of people on the internet are growing. They're, they're young and they're learning how to be, but I welcome more of a feminine influence because it would sort of tamp down on some of the the uh, the aggressiveness. Yeah, there are some girls that are pretty aggressive too, but I feel like a lot of the toxicity when it comes to females playing the game is the fact that they they can't play the game, or <laughs> you know, like yeah. what are you what are you doing? You know, you, you should be in the kitchen. Like, and and I'm just like, I'm just yeah. trying to play a game and enjoy playing with friends. <laughs> like, why are you like this? But, um. Overall, like I, I just wish that I just I just wish that people were more respectful, you know. But they they feel like they can get away with anything because you know it's 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 online. It's not yeah. a big deal. But then, would you would you treat your mom that way? Would you talk to your sister that way? Would you want them to be talked to in that way? Like you have to treat people how you want to be treated, and it's just it's it's a tragedy to me that you know people can't just play the games that they want to play. Yeah. I had uh, Brian and Amelia Deckard on a couple of months back, and they've got a pretty large following, but a lot of it is female, and uh, they just do playthroughs. Yeah, and he said, sometimes I want to go off on somebody on the chat, and then I remember everyone on the internet is 12. Yes, <laughs> you told me. Yeah. That's so true. And, and so if you remember that, I, I guess to be more accurate, everyone who says something inappropriate on the internet is 12. Either they're literally 12, or emotionally, they're in a 12-year-old moment. They're having a moment where they're not being appropriate and they just haven't grown up yet. And so the, the, the way you deal with it, yeah, you could just simply block them, shut them down, get them out of there. Or I, I did this once. Somebody came on and just straight up just said, just was talking trash. And I actually addressed it. I said, hey, why do you want to be that way? We're here to be positive. And are you having a bad day? I mean, I just started talking to them. And within a couple of minutes, they had actually apologized. They said, I'm sorry, I'm having a bad day. I said, don't worry about yeah. it, brother. You know, 
So it, it, it really is like they, they decide that they want to take out their aggression on other people and a game is like a way to get somebody to just spew your truth to, you know? Yeah. I've, I've had a similar thing happen in my Discord. I have like random trolls come in and they just spew the most vile stuff and I'm just like, why? Yeah. Just like, I don't I don't know, you know? I just <laughs> I'm just unhappy. And I'm like, I get that, you know? I'm I'm sorry that you're unhappy, but like you know, maybe maybe spread some positivity and it'll make you feel a little bit better. Yeah. Don't just feel all that hate. Yeah. And I also realized not only do I not want to react, but I also I shouldn't because yeah, I'm a part of yeah. And on top of that, I'm a part of this game that we're all playing. And if I just go ballistic on them, then first of all, losing your composure is never good. And second of all, I'm not a good ambassador for the game. And so if somebody just wants to haul off on me like that, I'm, I'm just going to, at this point, I'll just block them and not worry about it and mute them. But um, once you begin to attain a certain level of recognition, it's never a good look to just lose your shit on somebody. Yeah. You know, so I don't think you have it in you. You seem to be way too chill. <laughs> I'm, I'm very chill. Like, like, honestly, I'll just be like, I'm disappointed in you. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> like I I don't I don't exert the energy. I barely have enough energy as it is to do what I want to do, let alone spend it yeah. on someone else. Well, that brings up another question. <laughs> um what do you do with your other time when you're not streaming? Obviously, you're helping the family, but you still have, you know, a few hours in the day. Do you have a house with a yard? Are you able to get some sunshine? I mean, what do you how do you spend your other hours? Um just doing chores. I've been doing a lot of cleaning since it's been a quarantine. I've, I've been cleaning, deep cleaning everything. Went through my clothes, donated whatever I could. Well, I put it in bags to be no-dated. Um, just deep cleaned my bathroom. Like, I, I just want to have a clean space while I'm, you know, living in my in my space, you know? Right. Uh, I, have, I have cats that I take care of. My mom has dogs um, who keep me busy. I've been watching a lot of TV. You binging anything? Uh, I've watched so much stuff that it feels like I'm running out, you know? <laughs> it's gotten to that point where it's just like, what else is there, you know? Oh, you will never run out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You will never run out. All right, well, tell me what you watch. I could probably make a suggestion. Um, well, me and my friends like to watch a lot of uh, horror movies. We like okay. the horror genre. Okay. Yeah. Now, <laughs> do you like... All this stuff. Yeah, okay. Do you like the jump scares or do you like the psychological stuff that gets under your skin? I don't like jump scares because I think they're cheap. But yeah. I do like I do like stuff uh, that's based on true events because I feel like it's scarier. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So have you? Okay. Then you must have seen. Let's see. I uh, must have seen The Conjuring. Then right. Love The Conjuring. One of my favorite movies. I've watched it again and again. <laughs> okay. Well, then you've heard my voice because I worked on that. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, but you it are? was. But it you you haven't a lot of the jobs I do are uh, voice matches and uh, I'll do like effort noises for somebody. And so for the, uh, the lead, the main character, the actor's name, I, uh, Patrick Wilson, I think. Yeah. And Vera Famiga. Yeah. Vera Famiga. Yeah. So before the movie was launched, I auditioned to be like a voice match for him. And I think maybe a word or two in the movie might be mine because when they record this stuff, they, they don't always get the sound quality they want. They have to re-record it later. And if the actor's not available, they get a voice match. Mm -hmm. And so I'm in there recording, you know, a, a snippet here and there. And it's nothing you would ever notice. And there's some effort noises. 
But there's a sequence, and I've never seen the movie. But I was watching the movie, like the footage. Now, the director, James Wan, is in the room. Every now and then, the director actually directs you. So there's this, just this unassuming guy chilling on the couch, and I'm up in front of this big screen. And after seeing a good 15, 20 minutes of footage of this movie, I said, dude, your movie is scary as shit. Yeah. <laughs> this movie is going to, fr- I'm not even going to be able to see it because my wife will never sit through this movie. She can't take scary movies. So, oh, it, It's yeah. genuinely unsettling. Like, James Wan is amazing when it comes to just making, making your skin crawl. It's, yeah. it's, not, it's not like a, oh, like a cheap jump scare. It's genuinely, it haunts you. And that's, yeah. That's, you know, that's the whole purpose of the movie. It's. It was a real haunting. Well, you know, as far as purported to be, yeah, reported to be a real haunting. Like, yeah, he, he just did it so well. Yeah, to that movie. He's very skilled filmmaker, and uh, it was a really nice guy about it. You know, it's like, hey, man, I I don't think I'm gonna get to see your movie. It's too damn scary. <laughs> you know, that probably made him feel really good though. He's just like, nah, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. And if you've seen Annabelle, then same thing. I did the same thing for Annabelle. So, yeah. And again, a movie that I have not seen. And uh, I'm just going to have to stream it one night when uh, when the missus is asleep. <laughs> and, and I have a lot of imagination. I'm going to come to bed thinking, I'm not going to sleep right away. It's you have to me. watch at least Conjuring. Conjuring is one of the best horror movies that I've ever seen. Okay. Yeah, because the, the one sequence I remember was where um, they're in the innards of the house. I don't know if it was the basement or the attic. And I think it's the mom gets possessed. And they're trying to get, a. I think it was one of the kids is stuck. And he makes eye contact. It's so important. Yeah, he makes eye contact with the demonically possessed mom. And they have to race to get to the kid. And I'm doing his efforts. I'm thinking, dude, I'm already getting goosebumps watching this. And I'm seeing outtakes and I'm exactly seeing footage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I don't know. Go back through. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go back through and watch it now and be like, I'm gonna try and find you. Yeah. Okay. Have you seen um, sort of the granddaddy or what? I don't want to say the granddaddy of it, um, but it's one of the first ones that got real notoriety. Is the Blair Witch Project of the found footage genre? I actually I actually have not watched Blair Witch. Okay. I don't know how it will play now with you seeing what you've seen, because I'm sure you've seen the Paranormal Activity movies then. I actually haven't seen the Paranormal Activity movies. Okay. That, those ones genuinely yeah. messed with my head. That's going to mess with your head. I'm, because I'm also, I also live in a haunted house. I have stuff happening. Oh. So, Let's like, get into that. Like, I've, I've, posted, I've posted about it on Twitter. Okay. Like sometimes I'll be sitting in my bed and like my bathroom is across the way, right? I can look into the guest room. Okay. But then my bathroom light will turn on and I'll look at it and I'll just be like, I don't like that. But like, <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm going to stay here under the covers. I'm just, I'm just going to pretend that that's not what's happening right now because I can't <laughs> deal with that. Okay. Like, I love being scared with horror movies. That's probably what brought it on me. You know, like it's, it opens right. portals into your space. Yes. And, you know, you, you just kind of have to deal with that. But <laughs> well, OK, first of all, watch watch the Blair Witch Project. Watch that first. Okay. OK, watch that first is very well done. The story behind it is cooler than the actual movie. The movie itself is very effective. Hmm. Um, but the story behind it is these two filmmakers who um, were from Orlando. And I lived in Orlando for about four years. So I was just really proud to hear that 
somebody came out of there and, and did this. Um, and they hired three actors who had never really acted before. They, they were really brand new. And they said, here's what we're doing. We're making this movie. And we're only going to tell you a little bit about it at a time. And they would have them go through the forest with their own cameras, their own footage. And they would leave them notes of direction. And they would say, hey, so-and-so is being a little bit too cocky. I want you to start challenging them today. Okay? Challenge their authority. They would collect all this footage. And later on, I mean, the movie was made for, I don't know, a few thousand bucks. Not not a lot of money. And it grossed over $100 million. I mean, Miramax picked it up and mastered it and all that and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, made it into what it is. But the way it was made is a fascinating story. And then that started this found footage genre. So Paranormal Activity, um, the first one. I've only seen the first one. And I think if you watch that one, it will it will freak you out. It's really well done because <laughs> yes, because it's about this couple that moves into a house, and this girl talks about the fact that it's not the house that's haunted. She's had a demon following her ever since she was a kid, and it hasn't bothered her in a while. And the boyfriend, or I guess the husband, yeah, it hasn't bothered her in a while. Yeah, and then the husband. Uh, decides to um, do something stupid, and then the rest of the movie takes it. place. Well, I'm not going to spoil it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I um. Always what happens? They got to mess with something <laughs> that they shouldn't be messing with. Yeah, Civ headed. The movie I'm talking about is Paranormal Activity. It's the one where they um, yeah, Paranormal Activity. I always joked about this though. I used to joke about this on stage when I was still doing stand up. I said um, I loved Paranormal Activity, but I didn't think it was realistic. It's not that I didn't think a demon could follow a girl. It's just that I can't believe that two 23-year-olds would buy a house. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's so true, though. It's like, yeah, that, 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 that totally would not happen, okay? They'd be living in a one-bedroom apartment. You know the truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is going to be like music blasting through the walls and them arguing with their neighbors. That's their hell right there. Yeah. <laughs> now, hell. okay, I grew up in Savannah, Georgia. Which, okay. for the United States, is an old city. It was founded in like 1733. Mm-hmm. Savannah is full of ghost stories, ghost sightings, ghost stories, mm-hmm. everything, you name it. I, I knew a girl, a friend of mine dated a girl who had a poltergeist in her house. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, they say doors will just slam shut. There'll be a stench oh. in one part of the hallway. And, oh, yeah, that. yeah, so... I grew up thinking, okay, I think this stuff is probably real. I know too many people that have seen it. But lately, I've become more skeptical because I read, this is something, again, we'll have to run to the Google. We'll, we'll consult the oracle of the internet. Um, there is a frequency that certain vibrations exist on that come from certain kinds of machinery. Sometimes, I don't know if it's an HVAC unit in your house. I don't know if it's industrial-sized machinery. But it emits a vibration at a certain frequency that triggers our innate fight or flight or sort of dread response that we've been hardwired to have by evolution. And it's something that makes us paranoid a little bit. It says like if your your ancestors from 100,000 years ago were hardwired to be aware of predators like saber toothed tigers, you know, and jaguars and things like that. Mm. And the sort of the growl. Or the 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 like the menacing growl or hum or purr 
of a predatory big cat will exist on the same frequency of some of the machinery that we have today. And when a person is walking through a place, there might be, they have found this before. I'm not saying it happens every time, but sometimes they found that there's machinery or there's some sort of frequency that exists that triggers this response in a person. And they believe that something else is there that might not actually be there. Now, having said that, um, Sting, one of my favorite musicians of all time, said, oh, I've seen a ghost. I was sleeping in an old hotel or an old mansion with my wife. We woke up and I saw this lady down the hall and my wife saw it too. And they told us later, oh yeah, that's the ghost that, that she died hundreds of years ago or whatever. And he says, so wow. yeah. So <laughs> so you, you, you have conflicting feelings and conflicting, you know, stuff. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm a critical thinker. So I, I subject everything to critical review. And if I can't find evidence for it, I just decide, okay, I, I may have a gut feeling, but um, the evidence doesn't point that way. So something tells me that, no, I think ghosts are imaginary, but I cannot say that with 100% accuracy. I say that it's in all likelihood that's the case. But then people like you tell me, oh, no, this has actually happened to me. So, oh, yeah, 100%. All right. I, I, have to, I have to believe in, like, I have to it's happened to me you know like i kind of have to believe it and then i also i would like to think that there's an afterlife and like mm -hmm. energies different di different things you know i'm, I'm a very open person mm -hmm. so you know like i said like i i will accept anything and everything when it comes to you know people well that's legal and you know not messed up <laughs> but <laughs> for the most part i'm just a very open person and i've heard so many amazing stories like and genuinely interesting stories when it comes to like hauntings and um just in general things that have happened to people in their lives you know mm -hmm. now have you ever seen the shining no okay that was one that my mother did not want in the house you have to understand that i was a very sheltered kid okay so my, my mom was a pastor's daughter oh so all right she raised me uh to be very very uh not bringing any of that stuff in the house. Now I'm an adult, you know, and she lets me have my right. space and do what I want. Um, so I, I'm still very, I'm even new to gaming, you know. I mm -hmm. just, I, I got into everything very late in life. So, like, that's, that's kind of why I guess um, some stuff that's, like, I guess considered iconic, like Blair Witch, stuff like that. My mom was mm -hmm. like, no, 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 no. We're not bringing that in the house. Open portals, you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jesus bless this house. We're open. <laughs> <laughs> Now, The Shining is about a haunted hotel and a family that moves in over the winter. It's in Colorado. It's based on a, key, a Stephen King book, which, by the way, it's a book I read at 12, and I stopped halfway through because it was disturbing me, so I couldn't finish reading it. Um, the, uh, the Shining does not have jump scares. It is all psychological, and it is uh, Stanley Kubrick, the director, who's very, very methodical, so it doesn't have a lot of flash. It's just very slowly, it just sort of gets under your skin and it shows you a man who slowly goes insane and tries to murder his family because okay. the ghosts in the hotel are from an Indian reservation that they uh, basically built slaughtered. Over. Yeah, and they built over and they didn't move the... Uh, Why did they decide to build? Because, <laughs> uh, you know, we're, we're, we're all pigs. You know, my, my people have done some shit. What can I say? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yes, the, um, 
the movie will slowly work on you. It will get under your skin. So if you're looking for jump scares, if you're looking for flash and, and crazy shit happening, it doesn't happen that way. It's more of a suspense movie that does genuinely become scary. But if you are convinced that you have ghosts in your house, maybe that's not the movie for you to watch. It's gonna. Yeah, well, my friend is. My friend is always saying like she'll send me like a candle, and I'm like like a, like you know, like a like a fair candle and stuff. She, uh, I don't know. Do you ever burn She's sage? The one that watches this stuff with me. Yeah. <laughs> I know people who burn sage. They say, oh yeah, I do a little sage and sort of gets the house right. So. I should ask my mom, but she would she would just be like, no, nothing's in the house. Like <laughs> she re she would refuse to. She would literally like like deny it out, out of existence well it's funny the answer you gave about horror movies and about ghosts um stanley kubrick was the director of the shining and uh he uh he was talking to a friend about it and he says this is the most uplifting movie i could have made and they said are you kidding me the guy goes insane he comes at his family with an axe he goes yeah but it has ghosts in it that means there might be something after death that to me is the most positive thing i could have said yeah so <laughs> There is more out there than uh, the the quote I'm paraphrasing is the universe is not only stranger than we suppose, but it's stranger than we can suppose. Mm -hmm. So, yes, um, there's more out there than we can actually imagine. So I, oh, yeah. I, I can't say you don't have a ghost in your house because I can't prove it. So yeah, and I can't prove that there is one because I can't prove it. Yeah. Oh yeah, Volte brought this up. Um, an excellent horror movie. You must have seen it. The Mist? Not the show, the movie. Yes. The movie? Yes. Yeah. That ending, by the way, was not in the book. That's a Stephen King book. That was not his ending. Oh. That was Frank Darabont, the director's ending. And when he when he came up with that ending, Steve King wrote him and said, Man, I wished I had thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> when the writer when the writer tells you, Man, you did a really good thing. Yeah. You know you, you, know you succeeded. Yeah. Stephen King. Yeah, I think Stephen King was kind of saying, I wish I had had the balls to make that my ending. Ooh. So, yeah. Um, yes, Oxford Rosie on the chat. You are correct. Stephen King does not like Stanley Kubrick's Shining movie. What he does like is the made-for-TV movie. I think it was a miniseries based on his book. So if you want to check out the made-for-TV uh, movie, or a made-for-TV, I think it's a miniseries. I'm not sure which one. He likes that. So if you could see them both, I but I we got a full tray now for you. We got uh, we got the Blair Witch, we got Paranormal Activity, and we got The Shining. Yep. And for me, I mean, obviously you've seen The Exorcist, right? Another one that my mom did not allow in the house because she snuck out yeah. and tried to see it, and then her mom caught her. <laughs> oh yeah. Trying to see it, and she she regrets going to see it. Yeah, that movie will put some thoughts in your head. Uh, absolutely. But, um, that's one if, um, yeah, if you ever get a chance to sneak it, that one, uh, scariest movie I've ever seen is the exorcist. So, wow, really? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The scariest book I've ever read. Do you read books? Do you have a chime? Yes, do you have time to, to read? Okay. Do you love scary books? Yes. Okay. Read ghost story by Peter Straub. Scariest thing I've ever read. Okay. I mean, I'm a grown man. I was reading this when I was about uh, 37, 38. So it was a few oh, years you back. Were a, you were a man. You I was a man, man, when I was reading this <laughs> in my one-bedroom apartment by myself, reading this book at night before I went to bed. And I thought, 
uh, this may not be a good thing for me to read before I go to bed. Because it just, it got, it got under my skin. The so. things about it. When something really bugs me. Mm, yeah, I don't know if I had dreams. I was unsettled. Uh, mm. I'll say this. Paranormal Activity, the first one, I did not fall asleep right away. Because it almost entirely takes place in their bedroom. And um, so that night when I watched it, I was up for an hour or two before I fell asleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you didn't put your feet over the end of the bed, huh? I, it Tuck was, I mean, those guys knew what they were doing, making that movie. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. So, yeah, check that one out. And okay, okay. check out Ghost Story. You can read it and see what you think. Definitely. Will. Yeah. I think I need to get into, like, more books. Because, like, watching stuff, watching stuff on TV and, like, Netflix, it kind of numbs your brain. I kind of yeah. want to be using my brain to read. Yeah. To stimulate. It does. It stimulates you in a different way, and it's actually much more nourishing because uh, your your brain has to do more work than just receiving information. It's got to conjure up the images, and it's. I think it's overall it's good. Uh, Frankie Boy on the chat here, one of his favorite horror movies, one I highly recommend, Rosemary's Baby. There's no way your mom would let you watch that one. No <laughs> way in hell, pardon the pun, she would let you watch that movie. Yeah, I'll just I'll summarize it for you. It is... A movie about a woman who gets impregnated by Satan. <laughs> nope. My mom would not touch that with a tenth of pole. Yeah. Now, it is not your typical horror movie. It was considered a horror movie back then, but it works much better as a suspense movie. But it is creepy as shit. So okay. it's it sucks you into a world where it's just a woman trying to get pregnant and her husband's an actor and he's trying to get, you know, he's trying to get noticed. Mm -hmm. And they're just trying to live their lives. And this thing starts to happen. And their lives are slowly altered by it. And by the last scene, you realize, how did we get here? This Everything happened at such a normal, deliberate pace. You didn't see it happening. And then you realize, okay, they're, uh, yeah, we're here. We're here. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my life. <laughs> it's my life before a movie. It's like, yeah, wait a minute. Yesterday was not that different from the day before. And now why am I here? Yeah, exactly. That's Rosemary's baby. So... It creeps up on you. So I'll tell you, I'll, I'll bring it back around. I'll bring it back around. Okay, okay. I'll tell you what scared the hell out of me is uh, armed and dangerous uh, snipers and solos during the uh, the Halloween event. Like armed and dangerous because, you know, you're, you're just, you know, you're walking along and then one shot takes you out. You know, it's like a jump scare. And then the uh, the solos during the Halloween event scared the shit out of me oh the when the shadows were all messing around and oh, yeah nowhere and bopping you yeah like i'd be running along thinking oh i might make it to the ship i might make it to the ship and then this black blur just comes at me out of the darkness and i'm done i'm floored it's just yeah, i i never i i had no luck when it came to that mode i was surprised that i actually made it a couple of times but there, there was a there was a little achievement on the side that was just like if you get this you get this little uh, this little icon thing that you can put on your card, and I'm like, I'm never gonna look at, I'm never gonna be able to have that on my card, so I'm not gonna survive that many times. Right. Yeah, I never made it. I came close a couple of times, but I never made you it. Never made it. Never made it. I'm just not yeah. that good. I hope that they bring. I hope that they bring it back this year. We can try and we can try and escape. Yeah, I I will. I'll need you. I'll tell you that. I'm gonna need you guys. Basically, are gonna have to carry me the whole way. So. 
us and all the shadows just running to the ship. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, when you're playing, um, have you switched mains throughout your time playing Apex, or have you been sticking with one? I was I was primarily a lifeline main for a long time, but mm -hmm. I also love Bloodhound and Octane. I think okay. Bloodhound and Lifeline are my main two that I play. And I, I just genuinely love both their characters. Um, I love the voice actresses very much. Um, I love their work. Yeah, I, I just think that all the characters are so well-written. But right. I think those are the two that I play the most. So is it more the character that you're drawn to, or is it their uh, sort of their tactical, their, um, their offense, their defense? Is it more related to gameplay? Uh, I think both. Because Lifeline was just a really well-fitted character for me because I came from a background of playing support mm -hmm. on, on other um, online games. So Lifeline was just like, oh, I can help my teammates by resing them faster. I can drop my heals, you know, uh, just just generally, genuinely being uh, out there for my team. That's That's what I enjoyed about the game at first. And then I got into Bloodhound because they're much more aggressive. I can, I know where the enemies are so I can go in when I need to pop my ult. Um, you know, savage down the enemy team based on how I want to play the game is how I choose who I want to play that day. Right. Sometimes I'll just switch around just to learn other characters, but... Well, it doesn't seem to be much of a coincidence. Your parents are in healthcare. And, <laughs> yeah, seriously, you come from a... People say. <laughs> you come from a nurturing family. I mean, this mm -hmm. is Psychology 101 here, but um, it's it's in your DNA. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I really feel like my mom had a big effect on me from a, a very young age. Like like I said, she was very sheltering, but also very uh, nurturing. I'm adopted, so it's it's like even if, uh, you know, I wasn't biologically their child, my mom mm -hmm. always, always, always took care of me, mm -hmm. made me feel like, you know, I, I was I am one of the family. And well, yeah, you are family. So yeah, yeah, I am. But it's so easy for an adopted child to not feel included especially like i'm my ethnicity i am african-american i'm very mixed mm -hmm. and then my family is primarily caucasian mm -hmm. so it, it, now, it was a you know so you feel stuck in the middle sometimes i do yeah my uh wife is a woman of color she is uh now she's from venezuela and so she always defines herself as black. She doesn't, uh, I said, are you African-American? And she says, no, I'm not from Africa. <laughs> so <laughs> she says, no, I'm from Venezuela. And my, you know, so she's, as she refers to herself, she is black and Latin, uh, and black and Latina and European. So she has, because uh, like I saw your picture on Instagram and I thought, yeah, I think my wife would understand because she is the same kind of skin skin coloring mm -hmm. and her hair is very very curly not an afro though yeah. so it's that kind of hair that actually has become really popular now she said oh yeah just it figures <laughs> growing up nobody wanted that hair now but everybody wants it i always now everybody wants straight it. hair you know yeah she always was fine with her hair but she caught a lot of grief about it and she has straight hair now because she discovered that after she had two babies her hormones changed and her hair started to go straight. I thought really? that was, yeah, yeah. That's so, so yeah, it happens. And now her hair is starting to get curly again, but she decided to make it straight so it'd be easier to manage it because now she's homeschooling and, um, mm -hmm. you know, just, and even before the pandemic, she said, I'm tired of spending 45 minutes drying my hair. So, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, being sort of caught sometimes between cultures, it, it, for her, she said, I've always been an outlier. I've never been completely accepted. And um, in my case, I'm, I, I can't really claim to have gone through that. I'm a redhead, and there's a certain kind of, uh, yeah, well, when I used to have hair, but uh, yeah, <laughs> when I had hair, I was a redhead, yeah. and I used to catch grief over that. And then I read that only 2% of the world's population are redheads. And I That's thought, so cool, you know? yeah, it's like, okay, I'm one out of 50. So I used to catch crap about that, but... At a certain point, it just no longer mattered to me, one way or the other. And you end up finding people that just don't care about it. So I, I imagine your friends are people that just don't care about it. It doesn't matter to them. No, not at all. Like, I think, I think the majority of my friends, like, my really, really close friends, we're all just, we're all from different backgrounds. We all, we all have similar, you know, interests, but we're all so different. Yeah. It's really, it's really interesting, but we're so close at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think, you know, I could be, I could be any color on the rainbow and they would just love me. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's how the world should be in my opinion. You know, it's, it's all about who you are as a person. Right. We, my wife and I talk about that because, um, I, I think it won't be in our lifetimes, unfortunately, but we'll get to a point where so many generations will have passed and people will realize that this color thing is really not applicable. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't. People are different superficially. There, there are differences. It's, it's impossible not to see them. They're right there. But it's not an inherent difference. It's not a difference that has any substance to it. And so there are cosmetic differences, and that's pretty much it. And we've had kids, and so we have blended. And we're, just, we're, we're doing our part to crank out more kids that don't fall into one category or the other so people can just accept them and let that be that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, I, this is an interesting question. I know a, a couple of people that are adopted themselves. And my okay. sister-in-law is adopted. And uh, a buddy of mine that I was stand-up comic with, uh, we were roommates, he was adopted. And I never really got to ask him this. I never asked him if they went to look for their biological parents or if it was something they were interested in doing. Is that something that ever interested you? Looking, looking back on things, my biological mother was... I think the best thing that she could have ever done was give me up because she couldn't take care of me. Mm -hmm. But I also know that uh, she made a lot of iffy decisions and, mm -hmm. you know, she she wants a relationship with me. But I'm okay. not sure if I want that. Right. You know, because I grew up having everything that I could have wanted. Um, and I don't know if there's enough space in my heart for her in the spot that she wants to fill, which is uh, the role of my mother. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I'm grateful to her for bringing me into the world and letting me live my life. I'm grateful that she right. gave me to a responsible home. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I'm, I'm not there yet, you know? I, right. She, she messaged me over Facebook after getting my Facebook from my mother and um, said, I really want you in my life. You know, I'm ready to meet. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what if I'm not, you know, I just feel like she's still, she's still reaching and yeah, I'm not at that place yet. If yeah. I ever will be. And I want to be ready. When uh -huh. that happens. Yeah. And, and her role, uh, that she relinquished, but which you said was for the best, mm -hmm. that role has been filled. 
And so you can't just take on an extra person for that role. That's that job has been filled. Um, I, yeah, I have a feeling that if you get to that place, then, you know, your biological mom and you will, uh, you know, that if this meeting comes, it'll be something where, you know, this will be an acquaintance. This will be somebody that, yeah, you, you are aware of and, and, uh, you know, you harbor no ill will towards, but, um, like you said, yeah, there's, there's only so much space and it's up to you to decide when you've got that opening. And, um, it's, I mean, I think that's about as good an attitude as you could have about it. I'm a, I'm a child of divorce Mm -hmm. myself and my parents split when I was two. So I grew up without a dad except for getting to visit him because my mom moved back home hundreds of miles away and so over the years i would visit my dad and so i just realized later on when i was finally old enough to get it it's like i'm glad they divorced there's no way that i would have been happy growing up in that house with both so, of them there with both of them there they made yeah. the right decision it comes with its own set of baggage of course but you get older and it's not until you're an adult usually that you see these things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, you look to me like you have hit adulthood early with this, that you see it, <laughs> that you have the right perspective on it. Yeah. And yeah. you know, you, you live every day, like it's your last and you, I feel, I feel like I've learned so much just in the span of like the last couple of years. I'm, I'm no, I'm nowhere near the same mindset that I had like in high school or like elementary school like you just you see like the phases of your life yeah and you're just like every, every single little phase is so different <laughs> well i'll tell you um it's a medical i believe it's a medical fact scientific fact that your brain develops until you're about 24 it's oh, different wow. yeah it's different for everybody but for the most part your development is done by your early 20s, right at the beginning of your mid-20s. So you, uh, yeah, you are bound to see differences. Um, the person you are at 22 is not the person you are at 16. You're, you're still biologically developing. And even after you're done developing physically, you continue to make these new discoveries and associations. And when I was 22... I had a good friend who was 30, and he said, the person you were going to be at 30 is light years away from the person you are right now. Trust me on that. And he was right. So, <laughs> yep. Remembering your, remember your interesting years at 22. And <laughs> <coughs> yeah. Um, your, your 20s are going to be very interesting. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, it sucks that you have to have a pandemic happen. Um, I, was tra- I was planning to travel this year and everything. Yeah. I was so excited, but, you know, just more time to save up money and figure out what I want to do when it's done. Right. Well, that begs the question. Um, I ask other streamers how they look at their stream. A lot of people who plan very well usually go, okay, there's today, there's tomorrow, there's next week, six months, a year, five years. Do you have anything sort of mapped out in your mind down the line, or do you just take it one day at a time? I take it one day at a time because I guess when it comes to when it comes to content creation, you never really know what's going to happen. Right. Just in general life. Also, you never know what's going to happen. So I guess I guess I'm I guess I'm content with whatever comes my way. Mm -hmm. Well, 
you've got a pretty good process in place, looks like. Um, my wife's reading a book right now called Atomic Habits. And uh, one of the uh, truisms in the book is a lot of people want to change. They want to achieve a certain result. And so they're motivated, but their habits are much stronger than their motivation. And we don't realize what our habits are until we see later on that, oh, yeah, I was all ready to change. And then after about a week, I fell back into my old routine. And so the most important thing you can do is when you decide there's something you want, you have to take a look at your everyday life and craft it around that result so that your process is what you end up thinking about, not the actual end result. And once you get that process in place, then the result is almost inevitable because yeah. every day you're doing something. So it seems like to me, you have a pretty good process in place. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I am trying to break out of like, you know, my comfort zone, like, like doing this, like it was totally not within my comfort zone because I was, I was very, very, very nervous. I think I told you a couple times in different streams. Yeah, which I don't, so nervous. I don't get that, but I understand. I mean, I very anxious until like we really got started. And then I'm just like, this is just a chill conversation. We're talking about horror movies, which I love. We're talking about Apex, which I love. Oh yeah. I'll sneak up on you with my interviews. I don't, uh, okay. Question one. What is your favorite color? I mean, I don't do these boilerplate, you know, we chill, we hang. It's, uh, yeah, it's why I, my stream, I call it a streamcast because it's like half podcast, half stream. I mean, I'll get somebody on, we'll shoot the shit, we talk about whatever, and um, then, you know, I play some games. And it, it is what it is. My brother creates these fun little graphics, we throw them in there, and I actually sort of make it like it's a show. And today on the show, we're having a sit down with Captain Typho. That's all. What? You know? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, usually anxiety revolves around, oh, this, this possible um, catastrophic thing that could happen. What did you I think? Myself. <laughs> what, how did you think you might embarrass yourself or, or make yourself anxious by, by being on this stream? This smaller stream than yours, by the way. <laughs> I, I don't know. It was just like. Well, okay. Well, first of all, I had never really like talked to talk to you before. So I like coming yeah. in, I'm talking to a stranger. Yeah. You know, I know that you're very nice. I've seen your stream before. I've, I've tuned in a couple of times. I watched your interview with Stay. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'd never talked to you. So it's like, I'm going to talk to a stranger. Yeah. The conversation is even going to flow naturally, you know? Right. Who knows if we're going to even have stuff to talk about? Am I going to, am I, am I going to embarrass myself in the way of, I'm just, I'm just too shy. I'm going to have, <laughs> I'm going to have like a little anxious breakdown. Just be like, oh, oh, what do I say? What do I do? <laughs> but no, it, it, I, I really was just scaring myself, you know, and that's, that's what anxiety is. It's just an yeah. irrational, you know, mental illness that just, it, it plays on your own mind mm -hmm. and your fears and it just kind of makes them like all the more amplified. Oh yeah. I've done that. I've done all that stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Panic attacks, anxiety, all of that stuff. It's only been in the last few years of my life that I think I've really gotten a sense of it, a real handle on it, but I've been working on it for like 15, 16 years. But the understanding you have of anxiety is so much better than what I had at 22. Even at 32, you're so far out in front. You, oh, Yeah. I take I take things very seriously. I feel like I feel like people don't like look at my content and think like she's she's well educated. She knows what she's talking about or you know, she really took the time to learn. 
mm-hmm. really took the time to learn and I love learning new things. I love reading. I love, you know, being well-spoken, being ahead of the curve, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's a superpower. I don't think people um, understand that. Yeah, there are certain things out there that make you feel um, as though you've got a superpower. One of them, there are, um, there's a movie you might like. It's a romantic comedy. I don't know if you like romantic comedies. I so like, I like movies in general. I, I really okay. love the cinematic. Every I, I love cinema. So. Yeah. Well, there's a movie called uh, Kate and Leopold. And it's from like 2000. Yeah, 2000, 2001, I think. It's with uh, Hugh Jackman and Meg Ryan. And so, yeah, Wolverine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Yeah. Um, And he plays a guy who time travels 100 years into the future. He goes from like 1899 to 1999. And and he's this sort of duke. Uh, He's like British royalty, but he's been living in New York City. And hang on, my wife's coming in. The creaky door. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I know. We're we're that couple. We do that. Um, oh, good for you. Oh yeah. Huh. What the what the hell? Am I not gonna kiss my wife in front of you people? Uh, they're used to it. No. Nothing wrong with it. Yep. Um so in the movie he plays this guy who is very well bred. He's a bit of an asshole in the beginning and he, he learns. But he's very well bred and he's very, very charming and he's aristocratic. And he finds that this in New York City in 1999, 2000 is basically a superpower. He's super charming to women because he's very proper. When a woman enters the room, he stands up. When a woman gets up from the table, he stands up. He's he's so proper and dignified and well educated and well bred that it is absolute catnip to women around him. Yeah, I thought that's a superpower. And anyone could acquire that. And the same thing goes for your learning. The fact that you study and you're diligent, it's a superpower that anyone could acquire. And most of us are just fumbling about not realizing it. <laughs> so, hey, yeah. Take that to heart. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I know a lot of people that get it without ever going to college. They're just really good at um, at self-teaching. Now, did you go to school, get a degree, that kind of thing? Um, I haven't gone to school yet. I'm actually, part of the reason why I'm like so diligent in content creation was because I wanted to find a way to support myself, but I'm also putting money away for school. I want to go okay. into archaeology, art history. Ah. I love, I love literature. So I, I think I would love to write papers, travel, uh, just the historical sites, go on digs. Um, stuff like that. That's always been the dream to just travel and go and see the world. Interesting. I've always been fascinated by the sciences, especially by archaeology, but I don't think I would have ever been able to handle the the chemistry because there's there's so much you've got to learn to be able to understand what you're looking at. Um, I think what is interesting in regards to archaeology is the way technology is leaping forward. A lot of times they're not going to have to dig. (laughs) They're just going to they're going to be able to use radar and ultrasound and, and digitally map things. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll know exactly where to dig to get something out. The rest of the stuff they can leave intact. Imagine so. how much stuff that they won't damage by just doing that, though. Well, I have a feeling that you're going to be involved. I have a feeling <laughs> I'll that <let> you know. <laughs> we, will, we will put a pin in this and we will check back and we will find out 
what you have unearthed one of these days. It'll be yeah, it'll yeah. be a few years down the line because you got to get that schooling in. But mm -hmm. um, so much of this stuff you don't need a degree for. You can just go. I'll bet you, I'll bet you, you could get yourself onto a site if you knew if you knew the right questions to answer. You could get yourself involved. You might be carrying water at first, but by then they say, "All right, give her a brush." All right, she's yeah. smart. <laughs> she knows what she knows. What's up? All right, yeah, go ahead. Give her a brush. Give her a little tiny, little tiny set of tweezers and a little pickaxe. It's like, okay, you handle that area. Before you know it, you're on a dig. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm streaming today from uh... Cairo, Egypt. We're yeah, was... this and this thing. And all right, how about this? If you're into the archaeology and the literature, is there a civilization that has fascinated you more than any others? Like I've read about Egypt. And the thing that fascinated me about Egypt is you can leap from one point to the next in Egyptian history and cover thousands of years, and you'd still be thousands of years away from today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, there were a couple civilizations that I really enjoyed, but it's, it was back when I was taking AP Art History. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what the exact name was. But they were a complete civilization that lived on an island and they all just disappeared. But all of their stuff is still completely intact. And so you can go to the island and actually find a bunch of their stuff, like like old pickles that just they didn't. There was no sign of what happened to them. Oh, those are the most fascinating things yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah, there's mysteries that need to be figured out. I want to know what happened to those people. Why did they just up and leave, you know? Mm hmm. What do you think happened? I don't really know what would have happened to make them all pick up and leave. And it's an island. So they would have had to have either boated away or it might have been... Well, I couldn't even say that it was a tsunami because all their stuff was intact. Right. And there should be... If a tsunami hit, wouldn't there be a layer of sediment that would have been affected by it that they could have yeah, dug down? Yeah, affected. Right. And I'm just like, what happened to them? You know, like... I, I want to be able to go and like study these places and really figure out, really figure out what happened. And yeah. No, it, it wasn't, it wasn't Roanoke. Um, I, well, there was one. Yeah. If you're talking about an island that's separate, I don't know what happened with Roanoke. I believe Jamestown was, uh, mm -hmm. if it was Jamestown in Virginia, that was one where they had a settlement going and then one day they were all gone. And they have no answers whatsoever. I mean, I have a feeling the natives just thought, "Fuck this! We're <laughs> I've had enough of these. I've had enough of these people." <laughs> and some people believe that they actually melded with the Indians there. I know that it's one. It's possible, you know. The yeah. hey, it's like guys, they already have this agriculture down, and I can't catch any more fish. What do you say we just blend we can in? Die out if we don't just join the the natives and let them do whatever they want with us. Yeah, and yeah. To them, if if possible. Exactly. Um, but that the one that I was talking about was like an entirely different ancient civilization, and they had their own island. Mm -hmm. They had all of their stuff set up, and then they just disappeared. Yeah, and when you go back far enough in history, you become really struck by just how resourceful people were because they needed to be to survive. There was a comic named Larry Miller, really funny, dry comedian who said uh, he read the story of the pioneers in the United States, people who in the 19th century just set out on a wagon train and made it from one end of the country to the other. 
and endured unimaginable hardship. And he says, if you were to meet one of those people today, they wouldn't recognize you as a human being. You're just so soft to them. The stuff He says, because I get mad if I put microwave chicken wings in, in, in the microwave, and I have to turn them after a minute, I get upset, you know? Mm-hmm. So he says, this is a guy who had to build a wagon, ride in it, kill his food, or pick it up out of the ground, survive uh, uh, Native American attacks, and yeah. um, and just, you know, if he was lucky, he'd make, he didn't die of some disease along the way. When you look at civil- civilizations from thousands of years ago, so most of these, yeah, most of these people either died by someone else's hand because they got murdered or their teeth killed them because they would have like an abscess tooth and they couldn't do anything about it. Those are the two things that tended to get you. Yeah. Things are so different now. Like I yeah. think we were talking about, I think we were talking about like, what was it that we said earlier? It was just like the smallest thing that upsets us, but in the grand scheme, like looking back. Yeah. There's so much more stuff that people had to go through, like way back when. Yeah, when you look back at this, you will realize that yeah, this um, this is like this pandemic has been tough for a lot of people, and a lot of people have passed yeah. away that should not have had to. But when we look back, if you look at the timeline of human history, this is. I mean, the old saying goes, if the world had uh, a timeline that could be expressed in one 24-hour day human beings would occupy the last minute. So mm-hmm. that's our life. We're, as Carl Sagan put it, we're on a pale blue dot. You must have read some Carl Sagan, right? Mm, I couldn't say, to be honest. I don't think so. All right. Read, uh, well, read Contact, the book. Contact. Yeah, the movie's based on the book. And that will give you an enormous appreciation of where we are in the universe and how we should look at our lives. But the fact that you're already into archaeology... And literature and things like that is great. Now you got to find a way to get that into your stream more. <laughs> How you gonna? <laughs> I feel like I just like I feel like I'm so dumb in my stream. I just like run around and scream and just do whatever. But like that's fun for me, you know. Yeah. I never thought about having like actual like intellectual discussions because I don't know. I didn't think that it was really like that interesting to certain people. Like you know, just yeah. my game time is just like my just do whatever I can to have fun and just have like mindless entertainment for myself and others you know yeah well i guess there's on twitch there's just chatting where you can talk about whatever but Mm -hmm. i don't know what happens on just chatting that looks like the wild west to me that is yeah i got on there one time yeah i found this guy on just chatting this is a british guy he was just whinging about something and he had over two thousand people watching him and i don't know what the hell he was talking about yeah he was just belly aching about something and Two thousand people. I thought, what in the hell am I missing out on here? You know. So yeah. Watching this man complain. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, does he have subs for this? Does he have cheers and donate? I guess he does. I mean, Good for him though, whatever works. Yeah, it's like, all right, fine. You know, it's better than you grabbing a rifle and climbing a clock tower. So yeah. you know, get it out. Yeah. But. Well, then uh, this this leads me to the next question. How do you, obviously, your stream is a good way for you to connect. Mm -hmm. And that's also, um, it's a good way to release tension. But Mm -hmm. how do you, aside from, let's say, your books, your movies, are there Mm -hmm. other ways that you relieve tension? Are you into meditation at all? I mean, we're all stuck in our houses now. So we've got to find ways to decompress. Mm -hmm. And 
Do you have any tricks, any things that you do that maybe you'd recommend to some of your viewers because they're in the same circumstance? Uh, running, listening to music, like doing general chores. Like I used to, I used to work at Starbucks and something I would do was I would just like walk in a line one way and then walk in a line the other way to just like stimulate movement. Because mm -hmm. like, you know, you're on your feet most of the time when you're making drinks and you're being a barista, you know? Yeah. Um, you don't really have time to sit down. People just come, they want their drink. You have muscle memory. But I guess, I guess for me, like I just kind of picked up the, the habit of just like pacing back and forth, like moving, you know? Right. Just having that stimulation is really, really helpful. When you, um, I know you crazy kids today don't talk on the phone, you text each other, but uh, whenever I'm on the phone, I pace. It's not yeah, easy for me, me to too. sit. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And it helps, it helps me think. It really helps me work through. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like a generator. Um, yeah. It's almost like it's uh, water power. It's like a little mill. You know, it just has to run through this windmill and, and, uh, and just, it, it powers thought for me. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, as they say, motion, motion creates emotion. Yeah. And, it, and it's not even just like I'm, I'm, I'm on the phone because I actually don't like phone calls, except, except if my friend Quinn calls me. My friend Quinn calls me like a lot. Um, but mm -hmm. uh, if it's if it's not, well, Quinn usually talks to me on Discord. I talk to everyone on Discord. So even if I'm in a Discord call mm -hmm. on my phone and I'm just chilling with my friends, you know, because that's what we have to do nowadays. Um, mm -hmm. I just pace, you know, like I'll go into the kitchen. I'll like, I'll make some food for like when my mom comes home, I'll make dinner. But, you know, you got, you got to, you got to stimulate yourself, you know? Yeah. Well, I would recommend that whether it's phone call or a discord that you talk, and this is for anybody. And whenever you can talk to someone instead of texting them, I recommend it only because there's an interaction that occurs that is deeper than just simple text. Uh, a lot of times we text because it's super convenient and we just don't want to talk to somebody. But 90% um, of communication is uh, nonverbal. It is um, in tone of voice. It is in visual cues and uh, body language and things like that. So, which is why sarcasm doesn't usually translate on uh, text. So it's, it can be, you got to really know the person to be able to get the sarcasm across. Otherwise, they may take you literally. So mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in um, as uh, close to human interaction as possible. Right now, <laughs> the only way to get that is through Zoom, you know, and FaceTime and Discord yeah. and things like that. But it's, it's uh, something I'm a stickler for. I think it's important to get it. But luckily for you, you've got family around you. So you've got other human beings you can touch and hug, you know, and, and get that mm -hmm. physical contact with. When they're, when they're not working. My mom, my mom does go in like a lot of the time. So it, it is mostly me home alone. Yeah. It's mostly my, it's mostly just like me, my dad, and my mom, my, they're both working. Gotcha. Um, but still nice to have mom, people around. Yeah. It's still very not like, I don't, I would lose my mind if I didn't have them to be honest. <clears throat> I don't know what some people are doing. I mean, um, I don't know if as a single guy, I would have done very well. Um, I'd have been, I'd have been calling up girls I was dating saying, has it, have you touched anyone in two weeks? Have you done anything for two weeks? Yeah. All right, fine. We're moving in together. Come on. Yeah. Just come hang. Please. Yeah. I can't take this. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Well, I'll tell you what, at least you'd give, I've, I've had you here for a couple of hours now. Um, really? yeah. Why? I know I'm like that. I, no, I'm, no, uh, no, no, no. It was so enjoyable. 
Yeah, well, uh, let's let's get to the questions. That way we can ruin the fun completely. Um, <laughs> and uh, have somebody um, ask me why I don't do Pathfinder for them. Uh, let's okay. see here. Yeah, I, I tell you what. Yeah, mods. Let's um, let's let's leave it up to uh, let's leave it up to some questions here. Yeah, for you folks on the chat viewing. Um, yes, physical contact is not a thing you can get right now, but um, try and get some sort of interaction, however you can. It's important. Yeah, <laughs> Oxford Rosie says Typho, do the Pathfinder voice. There you go. We'll kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's the line? What's the line? Uh, my favorite one is, who's ready to fly on a zip line? I am. You know, you can do that one. <laughs> who's ready to fly on a zip line? I am. Perfect. <laughs> I've been replaced. <laughs> Hire me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, nobody could do it like you. <laughs> well, thank God. Otherwise, I'd be out of a job. Yeah. <laughs> Jay Reyes uh, is saying, watch this. Typho, do the Typho screech. <laughs> oh, my God. That was good. Yeah. That was from the back of the esophagus right there. Yeah, you got to roll with it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I couldn't do that if I tried. <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, yeah, if anybody's got, uh, yeah, CSMC Merck, can you interview Zilbrad? I don't know. I guess we'll, you know. I, I think I think your mod got in touch with him because yeah he did ask me and Brad's interested he wants to play with you I yeah I think he's more interested yeah I think he's more interested in squatting up than he is sitting for an interview I don't know is he Brad's personality is he jumpy he doesn't like to sit still and answer questions he loves, he loves the game and he loves to just chill and play yeah that's, that's Brad's whole vibe you know yeah, he's a good dude. I think you'll have fun though. He seems like a really nice guy. I've seen a video or two. He's 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 uh he's energetic. That one. <laughs> he's uh yeah. <laughs> he he has a, he has his his personality and his energy about him. And I oh think yeah, really enjoy it. I think oh yeah. That's a that's a guy you'd want at a party. I don't know if he's a really social guy, but that's a guy who who would spark your party right up. It's like you know what this party's kind of. Can somebody get Zilbrad over here? Just ask him anything, man. He'll he'll pep this thing up. Do you do you know what JoJo is? No. Okay. There's an anime called Jojo, and it's very flamboyant, very funny. And he went to he went to my friend, uh, his also his really good friend Alyssa's um, birthday party, and he just did Jojo poses. So okay. Really flamboyant, really funny poses for their professional photographer. Like that's that's who he is. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Uh, sounds like a fun guy. Well, yeah. If he's if he doesn't feel like the interview would really be his his jam, then you know I'll wait till I get a PC and and uh, you guys can carry I really me. Appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, well, I, love to play. I saw him do something once where he said because uh, he's a Pathfinder main, right? Yep. Okay. I think he has a video out where he says, "I'm gonna high five every kill." So every time he knocks somebody, he high five finishes them. And I thought yep. to myself, you know what we should do is we get into a match, and every time he high five does somebody, I'll narrate it, and I'll just come up with the new thing every time, and you know, just it'll be a different. Uh, I mean, oh, please, I have to see this. Yeah, I'd have to be there for it. Like I'd be hiding behind a rock as he was finishing somebody. I'd be, like, oh, shots fired. He'd say, all right, you know, I'll take it, you know. And then so, so every time he knocks somebody, he just tells me, and I run over and I narrate the finish. Perfect. <laughs> that would that would be the high five challenge yeah so <laughs> that's what we'll try um 
Uh, somebody said they want to hear you do the voice of Doc. Go ahead and give me your Doc voice, and somebody at somebody at Respawn will see this. <laughs> so somebody will somebody will notice. What would Doc sound like though? Let me see. Hmm. Background. Okay. Well, you know, let's let's take a voice actor's approach. Uh, Doc. It's got to be, there's two ways you can play it. Doc could be exactly like Lifeline without the accent, but the same kind of personality. Or Doc could be the exact opposite. Maybe Doc is tired and needs a break and is tired of rezzing people. And it's like, ah, not this again. You know, you could, you could play it so many different ways. But I have a feeling for you, Doc would be happy. Doc would be like a pediatrician talking to a four-year-old before they gave him a lollipop or something. So, uh, hmm. oh, do you have an ouchie? Okay, here's what we're going to do. Hey, can you look over here at this furry bunny? Okay, we're done. <laughs> something like that. Oh, you have a boo-boo? That's pretty pitiful. You need some healing? <laughs> Come here. <laughs> Don't worry about that green glow. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take care of it. Come here. Healing hugs. Okay, now go play. <laughs> okay, try not to get sought so much. Okay. All right. Somebody runs up and he disappears, and you're just like, we'll be faster next time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you have some, I think these must be your, your viewers, because they're asking if you would do a caustic impression. Do you do, like, impressions of the other legends on your stream? Because people are now hitting no, you with these just, things. Asking me to, they always tell me that I could be a voice actor, but I, I would have to have the training. I would have to have... I would I would want so much uh, experience before I could even fathom doing that, because like they they love my voice. Everybody says that they love my voice. I personally can't stand my voice, but now they're <sighs> just wanting me to do it because I because I'm trying. You have I'm a no. You have a very pleasant timber to your voice. It's nice and smooth, and it's very warm, and uh, oh. it's very sprightly. It's very uh, bright. And 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 cheerful, so and and that's yeah that's a comment on the physiology of your voice and of course a comment on you and your personality. That's how it infuses your voice. Yeah, so yeah, look anybody thinking about voice acting, obviously training helps. It's kind of like archaeology. Yeah, I really want to dig, and I got my own shovel. It's like that's great. Now let's teach you how to do it. But uh, I always tell anyone who ever says so, um, there's no reason that you can't. Work at it, get into it, and make a ton of money and have fun. Because I did. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> I did. I mean, you know, it's different for everyone. Their experience is different. The jobs you book are different. But there's no reason why you can't get in and discover your niche. You never know. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, somebody asked what your, I think Sib had one of my mod, um, one of my mods might have asked this. What's your favorite video game of all time? Like Apex, notwithstanding, do you have a favorite video game ever? Favorite video game, Dragon Age Inquisition. Ah. I loved it a lot. I saw Allegra playing it the other day. Yeah? I was, I was also, I think, I think I had. I'm looking this up. After. I'm looking this after. one up. Dragon Age Inquisition. I'm it's trying to, yeah, I'm trying to verify something. What year did that one come out? Does anyone know? It was, mm. it was also a game that I got into very late, and I played it last year. I need to finish my playthrough of it, but. Is it from the last couple of years, 
or is it is it older? A year for one year. Okay. Does anyone know on the chat what year that was? Some people are saying 20, 2014. Yeah, that's why it sort of rung a bell in my mind. Um, let me see. Um, what year did Dragon Age Origins come out? That's the one I'm... Oh, yeah. That's why. Dragon Age Origins was 2009 because I see here I did three voices in it, but I was not in oh. Inquisitions. Yeah, now, that happens sometimes. I just forget stuff I've worked on because it was years ago. So you said Dragon Age. I thought I I done a few things, but you know I'm you know I've been around. I've been around. Yeah. I hope I hope you're in the next one because I know that uh, after Inquisition, where everybody's waiting for the next one and it's super hyped up, but they had to delay it. So who knows? Maybe maybe you'll be in the next one. Eh, You never know. Everybody's waiting. Yeah. If the audition comes through, I'll I'll give it a I'll give it a shot like I do for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Allegra was in that. Yeah, she was Josephine in Inquisition. <gasps> yeah. Oh, I love Allegra. I just that that just piled on another love block in my little pile of love blocks. Oh yeah, she's done a lot. We gamed up. We squatted up last week and played Portal Two, and she does an eerily accurate AI voice. I mean, I don't know how she does it because I can do a lot with my voice, and I can't do what she did. I thought how. <laughs> Are you doing that? She she sounds like AI, and I I just sound like I don't know an old creepy man right there. But she just <laughs> she did a perfect AI voice, and it sounded like the one in Portal Two, oh, and uh, super versatile too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is. She you is absolutely. Just, mm-hmm. She's a really really amazing voice actress. Oh yeah, yeah. We got a lot of those out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, anybody else have any other questions? Anything else they want to hit uh, Miss Captain with? How did you come up with Captain Typho, by the way? That was the obvious uh, question. I never asked it. Where does that come from? I, I've told it a couple times. It's actually pretty funny. Um, it's not because of Star Wars. People always think that it is. I know that Padme Amidala's, uh, uh, I think it was head of security or like general, something like that is called Captain Typho. But okay. I, I literally just typoed typo. Oh really? With my yeah. <laughs> I just lived with my mistake for. <laughs> Wait a minute! You wanted yeah. to call yourself Captain Typo? Because I I literally typoed everything. That's just that was just who I was, you know. And you mistyped it. Yep. And so your that is the most meta name you could have come up with. I turned because... my mistake into something that like I kind of thrived with. I love being called Typo now. In fact. Your soulmate, whoever it is, you end up saying, all right, this is the person I'm settling down with, is going to be the person who says, oh, you're Captain Typo. It's like, no, Typo. No, I get it. I get it. No, I know what you did. I see what you did. Doesn't, don't you get that all the time? And you'll say, no. No one has ever figured that out on their own without me explaining it. Let's get married right now. Because that's going to be a person that just gets you. You'll be talking about archaeology in 30 seconds. And then art, and then literature, and then they'll say, uh, "Well, hey, let's get on and play some Apex. That's what I do to chill." It's like, okay, you know, yeah, Apex wedding. <laughs> yeah. So there's your profile right there. Gotta understand the typo joke. Yep. Gotta like you some archaeology. Yeah. Gotta be able to discuss art and literature. I have to like my hero academia. Your hero. My hero academia. It's an anime. Oh really? 
Yeah. Don't know that one. It's, I wasn't in that. There's too much. There's too much anime. That's something that I'll never. I'll never actually get. Like I can't even watch the stuff I was in. There's not enough time because they make so many damn really episodes. Of, yeah, they make too many episodes. I can't follow that. <laughs> I can. I, I. The only Naruto I've seen is the scenes I was in when I was dubbing it, and then later on when it's on YouTube, so I can see some people say, "Fucking hate the, the English language." He done. <laughs> <laughs> everyone just prefers everyone just prefers the subversion the japanese is always better it's like all right yeah so maybe it is okay maybe it is you know yeah. but like you know at least people can understand it if they don't want to read you know? yeah exactly it's, it's like accessible to everyone it's enjoyable for everyone yeah i think the problem they usually have with me is i'll mispronounce the japanese names you know, is like, I'll, I'll say it, but not the way that they say it in Japan. And that will just enrage people, which I don't blame them. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. I'll just do some lazy American pronunciation for, you know, and they just, uh, they hate that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, oh, uh, let's see from over, over chicken. Typho, what is your favorite food? Uh, anything edible. I am. Oh, there I, you go. Honestly, like I... I'm a garbage disposal. I'll try anything at least once. I think I think I tried I tried crawdads the other day because crawdads. Was, yeah, right. there was a place that's like around where I live, and it's it's you know it's being affected by the quarantine. So my dad's like, let's go over there and get some fresh, you know, um, seafood. And yeah, I tried crawdads. They were they were interesting. You know, my mom is just like, ew, they're, you know, <laughs> they were alive at one point. <laughs> but you know. Well, yeah, but you know. So it was all. Try everything at least once, yeah. Yeah, you like... you can't grill it till you kill it. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, they're just crawdads. Now, do you reveal what part of the country you live in? Uh, or... I, I live in Texas. I, oh, I live okay. a couple hours away from Shreveport. Oh, okay. So you're in uh, East Texas then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have family in Austin. Oh, Austin's a great place. Yeah, and actually, the Edgerly family name, the Edgerly family, generations ago, settled in uh, Louisiana. And uh, there's actually a town in Texas near the Louisiana border named Edgerly. I don't know if it has any relation. So, have you checked your like your background? Yeah, my dad did um, uh, the family tree, and he can trace our family name back to, geez, I think 15th century Britain. Uh, like 1460 something and then we came to the Americas in 1660 something in New Hampshire and there was some diaspora there and there ended up settling a lot in the south and yeah for a bit they lived in Louisiana and then when the sugar refinery moved from Louisiana to Georgia they went with Mm -hmm. it so yeah that's that's the story but crawdads yeah you can get some good seafood where you are you're near the Gulf of Mexico Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to try it all. Seafood's the best. It really is. I had, I had the shrimp from that place was so good. I, w- I honestly want more, but we're not trying to go out more than necessary right now. Yeah. So they basically got over the oil spill faster than we thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's good to hear. Thank, thank God. Let's see. <laughs> uh, it's Ghoulie T wants to know Typho, do you draw your thumbnails? I don't. I have an artist named Robin. They're amazing. They're non-binary, so they them. Um, they are so, so, so helpful to my channel. Always putting in 100% for every single piece of art that I use for a thumbnail. And in general, I think uh, they're actually working on my... Uh, 
What's what's the name for the thing at the very top of your YouTube? Um, the name. What the banner or? Yeah, banner. Banner. Yeah. On my, they're working on my YouTube banner. Okay. Uh, yeah. Robin. Robin is a huge part of my channel, just like my editor Drew. Both of them are. I, yeah, they're they're great. We're gotcha. Gotcha. It's funny. Oxford Rosie says my brother just saw a typo and said, "Is that a typo for typo?" <laughs> I know Oxford. Ox. <laughs> I'm not marrying your brother, Ox. No. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, you made a good. Uh, that was a nice proposal there, Oxford Rosie. That was uh, you. <laughs> You put in a solid, but sorry, it looks like it ain't happening. Um, Fox, but no. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, Entwined Moth wants to know, have you been to Whataburger, Typho? Yeah, I have one right down the street. I, it's, it's, it's decent. I like the fries. Yeah. Is there a kind of a... You're not a big burger person? Uh, yeah, I've had a couple good burgers, mm -hmm. um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't consider myself a really big burger person. I'm not the biggest fan of red meat. Okay. Makes me a little bit sick because we mostly eat like turkey. Yeah, that. you doing the poultry and fish and chicken and things like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have red meat like maybe twice a month. I mean, mm -hmm. I love it to death, but I do think that yeah, you can overdo it. But man, one of the best ways to get that red meat is a big juicy burger. Yeah, you, know, you can just. A couple good ones. Yeah, and you're in your twenties. This is your time yeah. to flirt with food. This is your time. Well, to I'm try, <laughs> yeah. Not, but, okay. <laughs> so, what is your? Let's see. If you had to put together a meal, your death row meal, as they say, okay. where there there are no consequences. What did I do? <laughs> First of all, what did you do? You killed someone with kindness, apparently. So, <laughs> it it apparently can happen. And uh, so, okay. So, what's your meal? Many courses as you want. Yeah. A big ol' a big ol' Pizza Hut pizza with extra cheese and the Pizza Hut, uh, what's the, there's like, there's like a brush that they do and it's like a, it's like a sauce that they'll do over the crust. I like okay. the Pizza Hut flavoring. All right. It's the best pizza and it's so simple. Mm -hmm. I could eat the, I could eat an entire thing by myself. <laughs> That's how I gained weight when I moved back to Texas. Yeah. <laughs> you just, just ordering the pizza. The cheese pizza with extra cheese and the Pizza Hut uh, flavoring on the crust. All right. And then, and so then there's your. Shake. Oh, I thought the pizza was the appetizer. Oh. <laughs> hmm. If I'm getting everything I want, we'll be here for days. Yeah, if you're getting everything, <laughs> it's like. Yeah, I'd I'd have to have like a roll of tums with mine and say, all right, part yeah. two's coming. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> have seven courses. Yeah. Just like from different, you know. Do you ever? Tacos. Do you ever have the occasional adult beverage? Would you chase that with a cold beer? To be honest, I'm not a big I'm not a big drinker. I hate I hate the taste of most alcohols. Like, <laughs> I like sweet things, and so okay. Uh, I just uh, I wish I wish I enjoyed the occasional adult beverage. It makes nah. me feel a lot more grown up sometimes. But nah, don't be in a hurry. Don't be I'm in a hurry. A I take after my mom <laughs> in that respect. I'm not a big drinker. Count yourself lucky. Um, the, my twenties were my sport drinking years. So I don't, you know, I didn't, I didn't drink that much compared to my colleagues, but, uh, yeah, these days I have like two, three drinks a week, you know, and it's usually a glass of wine on the weekend. So you're not missing anything. I, I'm just here to tell you. And, uh, yeah, like as far as sweet drinks, there's tons of them, but now nah, don't go down that road. <laughs> you don't I, I need heard to. I that they're death because they're like. 
you might not you might not taste it, but it's there and it's it's there. Usually the yeah yeah, and it's surrounded by sugar, so you're getting twice as dehydrated. You don't want that. <laughs> no, you don't want that. Sure way to vomit, huh? Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rally Pie is asking, are you a cat or dog person? I. My mom is a dog person. She has two dogs that are brothers. I am a cat person, I would say. I, I'm an animal person, but I think I swing on the side of cats. Okay. On the side of cats. She's chosen her side. She's chosen her side. It's cats. I'm sorry, but that's a disappointment to anyone. Yeah. Uh, Rerez77 wants to know if you have any tips for anyone interested in streaming. Just do it. You know, I, I started out, like like I said, my first stream was a train wreck. <laughs> I was so nervous. Um... There were a lot of technical difficulties, but I did it. I improved. I learned new things every time I went live. So just just do it. Yeah, sound advice. Nothing to it, but to do it. Mm -hmm. Get out there. You'll make your mistakes, and you'll learn from them. And then yeah. it's it's better than over-preparing. You know? There's there's a, not as much of a science to this as you think. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's getting out there. Uh, <laughs> Clang would like to know what's your favorite voice actor performance from any video game, movie, anime, any other media? Uh, voice acting. You know, you know, weirdly enough, uh, I think I think I really enjoy Caustic's voice, but I don't know who exactly it is. I've never gone down the route of looking into Caustic's voice. Oh, well, that's that's JB Blanc. I really, I really enjoy Comic's yeah. voice. I think it's so rich. I really, I really enjoy it. He's outstanding. He's British, and uh, he can do any accent. He's uh, a dialect oh, coach okay. as well. He also directs games. Now, I've, I've had the pleasure of working with him before, and I've interviewed him on the stream. If you want, you can go to the YouTube and and see his yeah, interview. Yeah, we had a we had a fun time chatting, and um, no, he's outstanding. And he's in a ton of games, too. So you'll find him all over the place. So, And I agree with you. His voice is so textured and resonant. Mm -hmm. He's just, he's, and he's had classic training. He trained at RADA, the Royal um, Academy of Dramatic Arts in London. So, yeah, he's he's got the pedigree, too. He really he's knows. Well educated, like, very knowledgeable. Yeah. Yeah, he really knows his so stuff. Cool. Yep, absolutely. I have a feeling that... Um, that you would like a caustic type of guy if he wasn't so insane. But otherwise, it's like, yeah, you're really smart. I like that. Could I you don't put, yeah. Anything, but like, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to spoil anything, but um, I, I read the first little, <clears throat> little lore piece. Mm -hmm. Apparently, caustic, you know, not as bad as we think he is, but that might be. I don't, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone that hasn't read it yet. Maybe it's a front. Maybe he's. Maybe it's a front. It's know? a front. He's he's. Somebody, you know. <laughs> yeah. I think you. I th did you read it? No, no. <gasps> no, I don't want to spoil it for you then. Oh no, go ahead. Uh, I'm not gonna read it. I don't have time. Are you kidding me? I don't have time for anything. You're, you're busy. Between the voice acting in the stream and helping my wife around the house and trying to be present for my my uh, kids and. And it. and my wife, you know, my partner. I've got maybe an hour or two at the end of the day when they go to bed. And I have to choose that time wisely. And uh, I just, you know, just there's only, there's so many shows I haven't watched. There's so many things I haven't done. So, yeah, mm -hmm. if I go down that road, I'll, yeah, it'll take all my time up. 
but yeah, don't ruin it for the stream. Tell tell them will, you guys I go will. check out the lore. You know, go check out the lore. All right, we'll take a couple of more, and then um, and then I'll do my last little step I like yeah. to do with my guests. Um, usually, if it's an actor, I'll have them improv with me. But if you're uh, a non-actor, if you're streamer, gamer, then what I do is um, you can choose any Pathfinder line or any Pathfinder whatever or any character I've done, and I will do a line for you. So I'll be at your disposal. Hello. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Uh, Zero Tahan has been asking this. Typho, what's your favorite music genre? Um, again, I don't really have a favorite because I... Like I said, I was sheltered, so I kind of got into everything at one point. Mm -hmm. um, I do, I do love My Chemical Romance. I'm so glad they got back together, but their tour, their tour got kind of canceled because of everything happening. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they, yeah, they're a really good band. I really enjoy their music. But, okay, start. That's a good start. That's a good start. You got one band you stick with. Mm -hmm. Let's see. All right, one. We'll take one more. One more. Um, does anyone have anything else they want to throw out there before we let her go? Are you streaming today? Uh, I think I will. I'm feeling. I'm feeling really energetic. Like after after this is done, I kind of want to discuss how fun, how much fun I had. I oh well, great. My stream. Well, yeah, that'll be fun then. Yeah. Um, okay. Opons wants to know what your channel name is. How does uh, How does Opons find your channel? Captain Typho on both YouTube and Twitch. Okay. Do you stream on both? Okay, no, you only stream on Twitch. You don't do YouTube Live or anything like that. No, no, no. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I've been curious about YouTube Live. I keep thinking I should just try it, not really to game, but just to get on there and maybe just have a chat and see who shows up. Because I, I have a... I the YouTube audience would be different than the Twitch. Yeah, I've heard that, but I don't... Is, is that... Uh, how will they be different, do you think? Um... It's just it's just different people using different platforms. So like okay. you have the Twitch people who mm -hmm. know how to use Twitch, how to function it very well, and then you have the YouTube live people. Right. So some of them can be like major trolls, but a lot of them uh, just primarily stick to YouTube. Okay. Yeah, I've heard that sometimes the troll activity is a bit more. So you have mm -hmm. to be aware of that. That's what Ragtag told me. That he says oh, I yeah, can. Yeah, he would know. Yeah, he says I can go on YouTube and get two thousand people. But they're, they're a bunch of uh, assholes, a lot of them. Not all of them. Quality is yeah. He says, or I can come on here and get my 200. And I like these 200 people on Twitch. <laughs> so I understand. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, there was one up here. Uh, Sour Silhouette wants to know, will Typho ever play Warzone with viewers? Uh I've been I've been considering downloading it because my brothers want me to play it. We'll we'll see. I, I'm always down to play with viewers no matter what I'm playing. Um, okay. Yeah. Good to hear. When you are on your stream, do you only um <clears throat> do you only sort of squad up with like fellow streamers that you're friends with, or do you sometimes, you know, play with subs and followers and things like that? I'll just play with friends for however long I want to, and some days I'll I try to dedicate days where I can just play with my viewers because they, obviously, they, they help me be where I am. Like, I want to repay them in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Oxford, Rosie, Chris, you were in Top Cat. Uh, yes, I was in Top Cat. I'm glad you 
fucking love Top Cat, according to you. <laughs> Good. Yes. Well, thank you for enjoying Top Cat. Um, okay. So, all right. I think that's plenty of questions. And it, this it's it's been two and a half hours now. So Really? Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, time flies. Well, two hours and 15 minutes more accurately, I think. But, um, yes. Uh, you now get to command me to do whatever you want, Pathfinder or any of the other characters you may or may not know about that I've done. Um, I'm at your disposal. I can say what you like. Uh, just keeping in mind, of course, that Pathfinder does not curse. So, yes, yes, yeah, yes. I don't roast and I don't curse as Pathfinder. So well, up to you. Boy. Yeah. Otherwise, up to you. Okay. Do you, do you know the I'm happy line? I don't know the full one, but I really enjoy it when he says it. Oh, uh, I think it's I may be smiling, but that's because I'm happy. Yes. Okay. I'll throw your name in. Okay. Say, I may be smiling, but it's because I'm happy. I get to talk to Captain Typho. <laughs> Yay. I screwed it. I, let, me give you a, let me give you a take, too, because I kind of hitched okay. on that. I may be smiling, but that's because I'm happy, because I get to hang out with Captain Typho. High five. Yeah. There you go. Everybody. Captain Typho was here. Wasn't this great? See? And you were, you actually were slightly nervous. Oh, come on. Nope. I didn't even sleep last night. I was like, oh, no. Really? I, I did wake up a couple times feeling a little bit nervous. And nah. Really anxious towards the part. But... Nah, this is not the stream to lose sleep over. Yeah, not at all. No, not at all. Well, I certainly had a great time hanging out with you. And, and like I say with a lot of my guests, I feel like we could have just kept talking. Um, yeah. especially the archaeology bit, but I think I would have been bleeding viewers at that point because they want to hear about Apex. They do. Yeah, you know. I know. I know. Or, or you know, game stuff. So I understand. I understand. So um, this has been awesome. And when I get my PC, I will reach out and uh, we'll, if, if Zilbrad still wants to carry me like I got a handle on my back, you two together, sure. Yes. 100%. You know? We'll do it. I'll I'll narrate his Pathfinder kills if he wants. <laughs> so yeah. Right, um, right. So this has been wonderful. And um, okay, so folks, you can find Typho on YouTube and on Twitch both times. Captain Typho. So that's where you're gonna find her. So I want you guys to check out her content. Check out her because if this pandemic is getting to you, if this lockdown is getting to you, then you need some positive vibes. And she's where you need to go to get them. She's a bank of positive vibes. And the, the, the withdrawals are unlimited. And there's no charge. So there you go. And in the meantime, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure.